is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. It's, again, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. And the main feature actually allows you to control the content of the site. So head over there and everything you see in the main column of the main page created by listeners like you. As you're surfing around the web, you find something that you think is pretty super that you want to share with other people. You just submit it as show prep to the website, and then others will vote as to whether they like or dislike your suggestion, the most liked, make it to the front page of the site, freetalklive.com. Tonight in the studio, it's Ian with you. And Sam. And Mark. By the way, uh, welcoming uh, all week long our affiliate WXNT in Indianapolis, joining us special for their morning show. They're taking our night show and replaying it the next morning. So if you're listening in Indy, you can't call live, but you can call us while we are live at nighttime. So call us How frustrating must it be to hear Free Talk Live for the first time? And then not be able to call in and say, you, you people, I've never heard anything like this before. Well, I guess it's frustrating to somebody who would have a, an inclination to call talk radio, Mark, but most people don't call talk radio. Indeed. So it's probably just a, you know, hopefully a pleasant listening experience and something unusual and new for a lot of people. Uh, 800-259-9231 is the number you will need as we continue here. And by the way, we will be live on New Year's Eve for those that were, uh, were wondering. I've yet to have confirmation on New Year's Day. Still working on that one. Lots to discuss here tonight, including the the madness uh, that Mark is going to share about just exterminating people, people who are Muslims. Uh, it's something I definitely want to touch on here in a moment. Uh, we'll get to that. But first, let's go to the people's paradise, Venezuela. Ah, yes, <laughs> the people's paradise where communism rules and uh, they're doing it right over there. Venezuela, the wonderful place ruled by a man named Hugo Chavez, who now has more power than he has ever had in the past. I think he's been given this level of power in the past. Um, you know, like he, he'll get these little spurts of, uh, of police stateness. Oh, will um, he? And then they go back to the normal level of, uh, of, of <laughs> uh, you know, intrusive socialism that they normally have. Well, that's, that's kind of refreshing, Mark. I, I didn't realize that the government could actually roll itself back and, uh, and get back to a lower level of total control over for everybody's lives. Usually it doesn't go that direction. Yeah, I I understand the the you know where you're coming from, but it does happen. Like, like they cranked they, historical you're saying, examples. You're saying they cranked it to 11 but then not nudged it back to 10.5 in Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Huh. Maybe the system does work. <laughs> I don't know that that means that the system works or anything, but it does mean that uh, you know at at, at times uh, people get sick of uh, government intrusion, and the, you know the politicians have to c- kind of bend that will. So we'll tell you what old Chavez is up to here in a moment, uh, and then we'll we'll again shift over to the madness right here in our own uh, so-called country. Uh, but first, to the phones and the fun. Let's talk first to Ken in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Hello, Ken. Hey, how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Ken? Um, last night, I'm sure Mark didn't really intend it that way, but he sort of took a pot shot at agorism. Oh, I kind he, of mean it. Pardon me? I kind of mean it, yeah. Well, 
Well, yeah, I know you kind of mean it, but it turned into a pot shot, and you probably didn't really mean it as as strongly as you put it. Okay. Um, what what did he say? The, the attitude was we already have it. For example, look at private schools. They're essentially agorist schools. Agorist meaning people doing things uh, generally that are to supplant the government, but also I think you typically have to do it without government permission, and that's pretty rare when it comes to schools. And, 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 right, and that's part of the, ju- uh, the gist of it. Um, doing it in a way the government does not approve is a big part of it, for one. And uh, so that, that's really the, the first thing that, that just jumps right into your mind. For example, trading gold without doing, filling out all the right forms. Uh, just basically living your life as though the government just didn't exist. And, but my second major point w- about it was that the importance of agorism isn't necessarily that it's going to cause the government to go away. The, the importance of agorism, in my mind, is whenever you talk to anybody about a stateless society, to say, well, that can't happen. What would you do without the roads? What would you do without this? What would you do without that? Agorism offers the things that you would need when the government went away. And it, it also, I think, helps build local communities. And so it's really about sort of getting these ideas out, getting them in practice, and letting people know that, you know, this is a working model so that when the dollar does collapse, it's a it's a smoother transition. Right. And it, and it cuts the legs out from under the, the false argument that, well, if the government didn't do this, it wouldn't happen. Well, because if, you if provide these things. I, I'd, I'd like to um, I'll rebut. And the reason that I was using public schools, I understand it's not the perfect agorist, um, you know, example in that public schools follow the rules. Um, they, you know, they follow, they get licensure, that kind of thing. But what it does show is that a very small percentage of the population will um, invest beyond what the government steals from them to fund government schools. They'll you know, a small percentage of the population will invest in the most important thing in their life their children I'm, I'm all with you i'm with it i'm for every form of liberty i can get so my major point was that there's a purpose for agorism and it includes being able to fight or being able to 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 um, to have these arguments that you know well you couldn't do it this way we're going to need if we are ever going to have a stateless society we're going to be able to need to demonstrate that all these services not only can be performed but are already available uh, so um the problem i have with agorism is because of its nature it tends to be a small op- small operations obviously drug dealers are a, uh, a deviant to this but most of them aren't doing it for agorist purposes but most they are operating are, what's that for, most drug dealers are pretty small operators They're right only i understand but there are big cartels out right. there, and you can point to them. But those are the only examples you can give. However, I can give a free market solution to private roads. I mean, all in Southern California, there are private roads that work alongside with uh, you know, government roads. And people choose to use them because they operate better. You could never get an agorist road going because nobody has enough money to do it. Well, I wouldn't say never. Okay, but, great. However, the, the it, examples it, of agorism I've seen up to this point have been extraordinarily small dollar operations. People making people, pizzas I, and I will, stuff. I will take on that assertion right there. Actually, that that you could never have an agorist road because there are agorist roads. They're called drug tunnels. They're what? 
drug tunnel. Drug tunnel. Not exactly something where you could drive a car well, I, through. I, I'm just trying to uh, trying to point out that, that the reductio ad absurdum doesn't always work. Yeah, I get what you're saying, Ken. an example Ken. where it didn't work. Right, <laughs> I, I get what you're saying, yeah. Ken. I mean, I, I appreciate you calling in with that point because I didn't take the time to uh, to mention it Thank last you, night yeah. to, to critique uh, Mark's bringing up the schools as an agorist example because it's not technically agorist because they asked for permission. However, it's entirely valid to point out that uh, people generally are not willing to spend over and above what they're already spending in taxes. So to that, uh, you know, with that in mind, my objection last night, and I'd like to hear what you have to say to this, is that it's not to say that people don't have enough money to build a road. There are plenty of people with capital out there, and building a road ain't expensive. It's only expensive when the government does it. The thing is, the people with money aren't willing to do it. Because they're not, like, for instance, they're not willing to, to start a, a competing fire department because it already exists and people aren't likely to continue paying into the government system and at the same time hire the competing fire department. So the, for the people that – so for somebody that wants to make pizzas, it's not a problem. We've had that happen here in Keene where they've started making pizzas and they've stopped. But that's not an alternative to the government. It's just a business that isn't asking for permission. I'm just telling you that's one example of agorism I've seen where somebody is doing business without asking permission. That's not a problem. They can do that. It doesn't take a whole lot of, uh, of effort. It's or, the low level of agorism. Uh, the right. high level of agorism is competing with the government. The low right. level is uh, you know doing a business without asking that's permission. That's all I'm telling you is the, the kind of person with a capital to start a competing fire department i don't see those people existing i mean maybe yeah, they do frankly, and you can prove me wrong someday i'll be happy to you know support a private fire department but well, uh, they exist but frankly, they're once again call, only for rich people i didn't call to, to really support agorism I, agorism in that way my point was to try to to keep the discussion open from the standpoint of the need for the answer to these ideas that things because you, but you said that you did time. call for that reason because you said you want to see well, the the businesses replace the government well, and no, uh, that's not re- no that's not exactly it it wasn't that what he said at the beginning of, his, of the phone call that's just i got but you know. so you don't support agorism then no i i'm not calling to say that i expect the government to fall because of agorism like communism or something no the government will fall because people stop supporting it and stop believing in it and i thank you for the call tonight uh, ken i appreciate hearing from you When it comes to potential police abuse, the most important place to protect yourself is while driving. FreedomCam.net has a groundbreaking new product that gives you the best all-around protection. The The GPS GPS Black Black Box Box Dash Cam. Cam. This easy-to-use unit has video cameras recording all around and inside your vehicle. It also has a built-in microphone and GPS navigation, which records your driving route and speed. For traffic stops, accidents, and all other driving incidents, protect yourself with the ultimate witness at FreedomCam.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that we have there completely free. We've got the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video to show they are listeners of the program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see it. And if you're a lady listener, you can get details on how to become a Shriner at shrine.freetalklive.com. So have you ever considered taking a case to court but without an attorney? I mean, attorneys cost a lot of money. 
well, you need some kind of education on how to do so. And there's an answer for you. It's called Jurisdictionary.com. It was created by a 24-year case-winning attorney who wants to show people how to protect protect themselves from other members of his profession. It works for plaintiffs or defendants. It costs less than an hour with any good lawyer. It's so easy the average eighth grader can go through the complete four-CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. This is what you should have learned in civics class in public school, but this guy made it available to you at a very reasonable price. I paid for it myself. I think it's so important. Jurisdictionary.com. All right, so uh, we continue here. Opened up the show with a call from Ken, who was calling about this idea of agorism. and We didn't get a chance to really define that. I did mention at the beginning of the call, oh, you, it's where you essentially do business without permission, where you act like a free person. And instead of getting a license or a permit or a, you know whatever government permission slip, whatever government essentially evidence of a bribe, that's really what most of the government uh, permission slips are. Uh, it's just another way to say bribe. Instead of doing all that, you just do your business. You just offer your product or service uh, to the marketplace. And I fully support these ideas. I mean, I like the uh, – I bought plenty of pot in my time. Um, well, you know, and, I think that – and you're, you're pointing out that there are two levels of agorism. Yeah. I pointed this out during the call. There's the level of agorism where you essentially go about doing a business without asking for licensure or any or any um, you know permission That's from the, the government. That's the best way to do it because then you know, you're competing in the market with the other businesses. Most businesses – a lot of businesses start out this way and then when, the, uh, when people come knocking, then they give the government their uh, – their payoff money and off they go. Mm-hmm. Uh, many businesses start out that way without really any licensure early on, and then you know at some point or another they've stacked they all the yeah they stacked all the licenses up. But the second idea of, of agorism and the one that I I think you know they it's it's the the big sales point of agorism is that they're creating alternatives to the government's monopoly in in certain areas to eventually replace the government and uh, you know what i've seen of it is which is I, a lovely idea i i suppose but it you know i i don't see the marketplace doesn't embrace it and i used uh, public schools as an example that buddha um, versus private schools that private schools have been available for a very very long time people uh, this is the most important investment that people make in their lives or their children they're willing to put hundreds of thousands of dollars behind their kids' education in college, but they'll send them to a public school. You're right, and that's why what they're talking about doing is so challenging and so difficult and so unlikely that anybody's going to do it anytime soon. And the reason for that is because, well, first of all, somebody with a lot of money to invest in some sort of effort like this is not just going to do it on a whim. They're going to do it if they can make it back. That's what people who invest do. They, they want to invest in a good opportunity, not one that is futile and essentially you know, some sort of an activism subsidy or a, a money pit, uh, basically. And so until the zeitgeist changes, and maybe we're approaching that. Maybe it's five years out. Maybe it's 50. I don't know. But until the zeitgeist changes to get people out of this mindset of, well, the government has to do these things or that I have to pay because I'm scared, uh, then that's not going to change until people are willing to actually because you can't charge most people above the tax rate. They're not willing to. I've already paid for the roads. I'm not going to pay for them again. I'm paying for them now with the taxes. And if I don't stop, if I stop paying the taxes, they're going to come and take my house from me. So I think I'll keep paying for the government's crappy road service. Thank you very much. 
much until people are finally ready to be done with the idea of supporting the government through their taxes and through their obedience, then nobody's got very few people like 0.1% are going to actually step up and buy whatever this agri service was, should it actually be offered. You have to get people to the point where they're willing to say, yeah, I like the idea of supporting a private fire company, and I would be willing to stop paying the, let's say, $300 a year of my taxes that goes to the government fire department and give that money instead to the local private fire department. Until people are willing to step away and say no to the current system, you're not going to have that agorist vision, I think, come to fruition. I, you know, I, I, I have to agree. I think, to me, what makes more sense is um, when – when you're looking at the the taxes that the general generally when people pay on a local level the taxes they pay the most are for schools, um, they're yeah. they're a huge portion of people's Far taxes. Far above, super majority here. And, and I think it's true even if you look at people's uh, taxes, the average person's taxes in aggregate, all the taxes they pay, that you'll probably find that uh, that the public schools are the largest amount of that. Well, most states um, have a provision in their constitution that says the public schools are um you know they're mandatory mm-hmm. new hampshire doesn't have that but um they do have a, a a supreme court ruling that says that they are if that supreme court and supreme court rulings have been overruled in the past if that supreme court ruling can be overruled we've seen a lot of uh, political progress here in the last you know few months in new hampshire as far as getting people who are interested in the ideas uh, of liberty elected if you can see a swing on the uh, the new hampshire supreme court then that uh, the claremont decision was what it's called if that can be overturned then what you're talking about is the opportunity to cut loose these huge bureaucracies that they call schools so you're saying and it tell requires... them that they can um, you know look we're going to give you uh, tax funding for another so... two years and then you're on your own you're going to have to compete in the marketplace maybe i don't understand the system too well you're saying the the from the inside the government system the government legislature has no ability to do anything about this they can't just say no we're done with government schools they would be able to change the constitution they would be able to the the legislature has something to do with appointing uh, i believe it might be the executive i'm i'm i don't know the uh, the setup of uh, new hampshire enough but i believe that the general court that's the uh, the the house of representatives has something to do with appointing the um the the supreme court justices you'd have to you have Could to they stack be unappointed because I mean, yes. normally it's a lifetime term kind of thing right? I, it's they've they've fired them all um in oh, really? multiple occasions okay. um in new hampshire so it certainly can be done i see but um, you you could change you could amend the constitution to but, say that public schools are not mandatory. Both of the things that we're talking about here are incredibly difficult tasks. I mean, work, working within the system to compete with the uh, compete with the government on um, you know services like fire departments and road building. Talk about an uh, you know uh, there's you're, you've seen a lot more progress in New Hampshire over the last four or five years of the Free State Project in the area that I'm talking about rather than competing um, you know with the government by building you know a, a, an agorist fire department. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I'll believe it when I see it, I'd, and I would be interested in in possibly doing what I could to support a business like that, uh, but I just don't expect to see it sometime. But either way, you're still talking about a very difficult plan i mean either take over the one of them's working one the of state them's legislature and or uh, whatever but it's not just to say it's working mark that's not working no one's doing that what's what's working from your perspective is the political system has gotten some people elected they haven't really done too much yet because they well, just got elected um so we'll wait and we'll see what happens with that there's some good signs there's some good early signs that are positive and and worth talking about um but 
the idea that they're just going to be able to walk waltz right in there and overturn the teachers union and it isn't going to be in two years that's what i'm telling you it's an incredibly difficult task these people are going to fight and claw and hack their way to keep their jobs and do whatever they possibly can it's the number one size bureaucracy and they ain't going to go away quickly or easily or anything like that more coming up you can take control at 800-259-9231 MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. We invite you to take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free, and they include news updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You can go to news.freetalklive.com. To get on that list entirely free, or lists, I suppose, there's the email update list. You can also follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Do whatever works best for you to get the information into your hands, to your eyes. Uh, Go to news.freetalklive.com to get signed up. Hey, what if you found out that the best liberty activists from around the world were moving to the same place in order to achieve liberty in their lifetimes? Would you want to join them? Well, I did, and you can too. It's happening, and you can be part of it. Join the Free State Project. At freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And ignore all rumors of the project's pending demise. Uh, it's it's not true. They had some trouble with the Liberty Forum, which was coming up in um, late February, I believe. Right, it's a managerial issue as far as putting the forum, uh, the Liberty yeah. Forum together. The, the, while the Free State Project's board may be bureaucratic and slow, like all boards that I've ever experienced are, the Free State Project itself is moving ahead just fine. Right. Uh, over 900 people are here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Over 10,500 have pledged to move here as part of the Free State Project. And the vast majority, the, I would say the vast majority of people in the Free State Project have no idea who's on the board. And don't care. I don't know. Who's they they on the have damn nothing board. to do with it. That's not what the idea of the project is. They cut me a check every month, uh, or they cut us a check for Free Talk Live every single month. And uh, I don't know who's. I know who the president is, but that's yep. about it. Uh, so freestateproject.org, the website. Get signed up. Learn about uh, how you can come up here and, and get involved. There's so much to do, and so much still that needs to be done. It's not utopia. It's not even close. But New Hampshire is a better place to start on this path to liberty than. Uh, pretty much everywhere else in the, the whole world. So, uh, freestateproject.org. As we continue with your phone calls, Bill is in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sam, and Mark. Hey. Hey, Bill. Uh, actually, it's Dale, but that's okay. Oh, hey, hey. Dale. Go ahead. I, um, okay. I, appreciate, I love hearing about the, about, about the freedom part of it because I agree every day, one way or the other, the state tries to find you, tries to create a permission slip for one thing or another. Sure. And in Tennessee at this moment, they're trying the, the legislator, legislature, or at least the, uh, I think it knows the drug task force that wants them to require a prescription for Sudafed. And one of the stats that they showed on the news this evening 
was that uh, in Tennessee there were over 1,900 meth busts uh, in the last year, but yet in Oregon there were only 10, and they accredited it to you know, the fact that they have to have a prescription to get Sudafed there. I tend to look at it like, well, don't they also have medical marijuana there, so there aren't as many people running around trying to do meth? It would make sense, that point. I don't know if anyone has done that study to uh, to prove that point, but certainly if uh, drugs like cannabis were more available, we know for a fact that uh, it'd be less likely that uh, like kids, for instance, would start doing huffing paint or huffing Freon or huffing whatever it is they huff, gasoline, uh, because they'd be able to get their hands on something that is more benign yet still exciting. And the, the police, the drug warriors out there will hold up these uh, backyard meth labs where they're dumping toxic chemicals into swimming pools and neighborhoods and just creating really a hazardous situation. But what they don't point out is that, you know, if this were legal, it would be done in a lab. This stuff would be handled in a safe manner. Sure. Creating gasoline is a hazardous and uh, and destructive process. We just have it done at refineries away from mm-hmm. people's homes. And by, by controlling and regulating the Sudafed, all they've done is pushed it across the border. And just like with any prohibition, just like with alcohol, you got more concentrated spirits and liquors and so forth because it's easier to transport. We've read stories on this show about a... Uh, more purified form of crystal meth that's coming out of uh, Mexico. And then those people are even more dangerous in carrying guns and and just amping up the violence and the the problems and things that arise out of it. Unintended consequences. That's right. May may, may the state die a slow but steady death. Well, I hope it goes fast, but it, yeah, you're right. It's probably going to be slow. And I well, think for the call, it, if it goes fast, then the problem is is that uh, there's not a lot in place to uh, take up for it. You well, know, isn't that what we were state, just talking about? Like, right. Well, I'm, I'm, I. What I'm saying is, is we have multi-tiered levels of government in the United I States. I don't care, Mark. Look at the Soviet Union. Look at other uh, states that have fought, crashed, and burned. They managed to get out of it okay. So, okay, the government schools close for two weeks while somebody puts together a, uh, you know, a market-based school and uh, to replace it because that's when the demand would be there. I mean, if the government right. goes away, there's your demand, agorist. Now, I guess it's not really agorism anymore if you don't have. If there's nobody out there saying we need you to ask permission, give us your money, you know. So if that's not happening, I guess you're not really an agorist. You're just a businessman at that point. But that's when your demand is really going to be there, when people are looking around and saying, oh, crap, what do we do now? Uh, that's when the innovators will step up. That's when the investors will step up and they'll create and they'll they'll come up with opportunities uh, for people. So I would be fine with it being fast. It it may mean there will be a bit of a bump in the road, but uh, oh man, I'd be much happier after that bump than having to go through fifty years of slow, grueling uh, erasure of the state. And how many that's the kind how many of times that, has that happened? That's the, that's the kind of thing that sticks people to the ceiling. Um, what you in fact have to have is you have to have an orderly process where the government says where has that what? happened. Where has that happened ever? Where, where the government have enough has just liberty, disappeared slowly over where time? Where have enough liberty-oriented or indivi- um, individuals got into one place? I don't know, Mark. Uh, you know, the United States of America, back when they, you know, it was just a transition of power from the king to the the, the you know the the aristocracy. In that's America. true, but that's not what the people <laughs> likely believed, right? Well, you can always lie to the people. So I get what you're saying, Mark. I'll support it either way, but don't try to tell me that it's going to be worse if all of a sudden the federal government falls next week. Oh, I would be cheering but from the But now you're rooftops. talking about the federal government. There's still a state government, a municipal government, a county okay. government, a homeowners association all in place. Throw out the, the – forget about the federal government and let's talk about the fall of the dollar. I mean that's really the biggest bubble going right now, and that would take care of federal, state, county, local – 
all of them would, I think have, it would, would have major, major struggles with a have currency major that's worth nothing, and they're likely to collapse under that scenario. I think that uh, the marketplace will sp- – I, I agree with you that that is going to be the biggest uh, – the hurdle that Americans are going to have to face in a relatively near future is right. the collapse of the world reserve currency known as the dollar, the Federal Reserve note, um, could very well occur in our lifetimes. And I think that that's, uh, you know, that's something that needs to be pointed out. But – you know, people, I think that currency, you know, I, what I would like to see is a currency rise up, currencies rise up and compete in the marketplace without government backing. Yep. Meaning that if I want to buy something from Ian, I get him a, an ounce of silver or the promise to uh, deliver a truckload of bananas or whatever it is that, uh, you know, is trading value for value rather than these greenbacks that are printed by the central bank of the United States and backed by absolutely nothing. So, um, you know, I, that's what I'd like to see. And I think that they would spring up relatively quickly. People would say, well, I'll give you this for that, 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 that for, you know. And then the barter would, you know, in the age of the Internet, the barter would uh, coalesce and, and evolve. Yeah. You know, people would be using metals have, rel- relatively have, quickly. I think you'd have third parties doing guarantees and handling the commodities or whatever it is of value that's backing the paper. Or I, I think in a lot of cases it would be electronic because I would trust a private company in the absence of government kind of scenario, I would trust a private company because if you look at like the Liberty Dollar, it was the feds who came in and, and, and raided the them money. and stole the money. Otherwise, the Liberty Dollar was auditing itself on a monthly basis. Yeah, and uh, you know, look at what third the, party. Look at what the feds doing. No, you can't audit us. And then now they're yeah. now that Ron Paul's coming in to head up that that uh, committee overseeing them, they've slowly started leaking out. Oh yeah, we've we've given uh, billions of dollars to foreign banks. Oh yeah, you know we're doing all of these things, and and just there's no accountability. All right, so eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Speaking of no accountability, President Hugo Chavez has made his first use of new decree powers on Sunday to create a two point three billion dollar fund for reconstruction after widespread flooding that left more than one hundred thirty thousand people homeless. See, without the executive powers, he would not have been able to help those people with that two point three billion dollar reconstruction fund. He needed this this power; it was necessary. Now, I I remember him. He was trying just recently trying to be named a dictator for a year mm-hmm. and then he'd give his power back. Is that what this yes, is? Yes, that is what this oh, is. Oh boy. Here but we go. But he's helping the people. <laughs> he is a man of the people. Well, That's let's find right. out more about this here in a moment. 800 to, maybe he's not really in it for the people. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control. More about Chavez in a moment. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can become an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We'll take that money in, reinvest it into the show, get on more radio stations around the country, and bring more internet listeners on board, exposing new people to the ideas of Freedom Go!, to amp.freetalklive.com to get joined up, uh, get on board and get the perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines 
the AMP only forum and podcast and more. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. And you can use any major credit card or PayPal or some alternative options. Again, that's amp.freetalklive.com, and it makes a big difference for us. Also, the call-in lines are sponsored by SACL CAI. SACL CAI is a, is a company that will handle your company's accounts receivable. They, um, you know, whether, whether you're a hospital or doctor's office or, you know, uh, utility companies, banks, all these kind of things. Uh, SACL CAI can handle your collections, early out billing. They purchase charged-off receivables. Their employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but... You want to keep your clients too. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right hand side of the page. All right. We are talking about Hugo or Hugo. Is it Hugo? Hugo. Hugo Chavez. You wouldn't pronounce the H, right? Yeah, I guess you wouldn't. So he has got new powers. $2.3 billion fund he created to uh, using his new powers to help. He's helping people. This is necessary. See, the government wasn't getting anything done, and then they gave this guy all this power, and now he's helping the people. He is a man of the people. Is this like the last time he helped where the the food prices were going up too much, so he took over and implemented uh, government price controls, and then the sh- the supermarket shelves emptied overnight because, yeah. <laughs> amazingly, the wholesalers aren't willing to yeah sell at a loss. Yeah, I, I'm kidding when I when I say that uh, this guy is actually helping people. This is a it's, it's, you know a sensible tactic for him though to make it appear as though he's doing something to uh, to assist that that he's doing something he would not have been able to do uh, without these executive powers that essentially he's been granted uh, the South American OPEC member nation's socialist leader has infuriated opposition parties and been criticized as a dictator for assuming fast track powers for the next 18 months. It's a year and a half that will enable him to rule by decree and bypass parliament. He is a complete dictator over Venezuela for the next 18 months. And we'll get into more as, as to exactly how this, uh, this occurred, but the, the way the, the, the story is written in the very beginning makes you think, well, well, look at him. He's helping all these people. Is he really well, he created a $2.3 billion fund Imagine for Imagine for a second if George uh, Bush would have uh, taken complete dictatorial powers when Hurricane Katrina hit the, uh, the Gulf Coast there mm-hmm. and for 18 months. It's pretty scary. Uh, so but the question is, he's created this $2.3 billion fund for reconstruction. But there's nothing that says that's going to go and help the poor people. No, nothing there suggests that uh, he's going to be doing anything other than you know reconstructing his buddy's mansions with that two point three billion dollars. And besides all that, they'll get some money thrown at the poor people. Oh, they, yeah. you know he's he's very successful at using the um, the you know the lower classes as his uh, you know backers. He, yeah, he actually went and, and camped, pitched a tent with these folks, and camped out with them. Yeah, well, they, they do mention how he kind of uh, panders uh, to them, mm-hmm. and we'll get to that here in a moment. You know, if he spends 90% of the money that he gets, uh, you know, on trying to help the poor and just takes 10% for himself, hey, you know, doing pretty good. The South American, again, uh, Chavez has justified the measure as necessary, which is, by the way, how they always justify it. Whenever you look at the government and uh, whatever government we're talking about, and, and they make another power grab, that's always the justification. Well, it's necessary. 
terrorists. It's necessary. We've got to look inside your home. We've got to put a camera in your bathroom. It's necessary. You could be hiding an immigrant in there. Yeah, it doesn't matter what unintended consequence you point out. It doesn't matter how much worse it makes some other aspect that they don't want to look at. Immediately, that's what they always fall back on. Well, it's necessary because that's the society that we live in. And it's really the one that they're forcing on us. And uh, so it is, as he says, it's enabled the government to respond to recent torrential rains that have swept away houses, smashed bridges and roads, and also killed around 40 people in a nation of 29 million. Apparently, the government couldn't respond to those things before. 40 people? Total, yeah, 40 people. uh, (laughs) So this is smaller than uh, the, the Hurricane Katrina incident. Uh, but critics say the president has cynically exploited the disaster as an excuse to outwit opposition parties who were due to take a larger share of seats, 40 percent of them, in the incoming National Assembly, which convenes on January 5th. So this was a lame duck move, too. Um, just like uh, what's going on with the Congress here in the United States, these people that have been kicked out of office have gone in and voted to uh, give the guy in their party dictatorial powers. I swear, I don't understand why the American people, and I, I know the Venezuelan people, uh, put up with this. I, the fact is... A politician who's been fired from office should be taken as an under an armed escort to his desk, allowed to empty the crap out into a cardboard box, and kicked summarily out of the Capitol building. The well, idea that they... there's a lame duck session is just insane to me. Well, they put up with it because they've been told this is their system. This is how it works. Well, it doesn't they have to work like it. that. I mean, that would be a simple thing to take care of, wouldn't it? They do nothing for the people, says Chavez, and they are trying to stop me for working for the people. He said of his critics as he announced the Reconstruction Fund, his first decree. Boy, I wonder what his next ones will be. Mm, it's going to have something to do with the, his opponents, I can assure you. Yeah. Uh, the Simon Bolivar Fund. Now, you say, Mark, he's done this before? That's what I've heard. I would love to know if that's actually the truth, because I find it hard to believe that any dictator is just going to, at the end of 18 months, all right, well, I'm done. I've done my business here, and I'll just give you this power back. I'll- well, that's like saying this president wouldn't leave office at the end of his term. Yeah, but the president isn't a uh, a dictator. Like he's not in total control. He might like to be, but he's not in total control. The fund, uh, et cetera, et cetera. The first five hundred, uh, blah blah blah. That's what the enabling law is for. He said of his controversial decree powers, he was granted this month by the outgoing parliament, which is packed with his supporters. Where do those crazy people get the idea? It's to install a dictatorship in Venezuela. They're crazy. How dare they suggest I am not a dictator? I'm just temporarily in charge for eighteen months. <laughs> Uh, Chavez, who has cast himself as the inheritor of Simon Bolivar's ideas in Venezuela, has uh, spent Christmas visiting refugees from the floods and even hosting some at his Miraflores presidential palace in Caracas. So you're saying he camped out with them, Sam? This I think says I read he's a story. taken them to his palace. Yeah, I think I read a, a, another story that he was actually camping hmm. there among the tents for maybe only one night. But yeah, Having only garnered half the popular vote for his ruling Socialist Party in September's legislative elections, Chavez knows he has a fight on his hands to win re-election at the 2012 presidential election. The opposition parties who have united in a coalition movement have called for protests against the decree powers in the new year. I bet he'll make a decree to crush the protesters. That's a possibility. And there has already been some violence at demonstrations led by students. Some analysts think the opposition will focus more uh, effort on convincing voters that Chavez has become too radical than on launching a street campaign, that there are still fears of another bout of instability in the oil-exporting nation. Uh, In January and throughout 2011, Chavez's move to deepen and radicalize his revolution could lead to a political crisis and outbreaks of civil unrest on a similar scale to those that uh, preceded the 2002 military coup that ousted him for 48 hours. So Hmm. 
Who knows where it's going to go from here, but uh, this guy basically has total control right up through the 2012 uh, presidential election. And what does that mean? What can he do? Uh, It sounds like he can do anything. And if he can do anything, then maybe he can just cancel the elections. I wonder what has really changed, because a few years ago, he was actually, I, I believe he was responsible for kicking out the foreign oil, U.S. oil companies. And, and nationalizing, nationalizing it. it. Yeah. And then Venezuela, I've looked at a little CNN story here. In 2005, they were paying 12 cents a gallon for gasoline. And that's kind of the same thing that goes on here in the U.S. If you look around the rest of the world, people are paying six, seven, eight dollars a gallon for gas. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, because it's subsidized through the, the military industrial complex, if that cost is not included, we're paying three to four dollars a gallon. Whereas there, you know, they're getting it for less than a quarter, I think, nowadays. Right. So that's going to make him very popular with the people. Mm. He's also spoken out against the U.S. He's one of the few uh, countries out there that has criticized. I think he called George Bush the devil one time yeah. and that you know made headlines. So he gained a lot of popular support. I'm, I'm wondering what's changed here to, that, that that seems to be eroding away. Well, maybe people that are actually living there know better, yeah, right? I mean, maybe be. maybe it's one thing for people that are on the outside of Venezuela to look at the news reports and say, "Oh, look, Chavez has created a billion dollar fund, two point three billion for uh, for for relief." Or Chavez has done this. Or Chavez, look at all the people that like Chavez. But maybe if you're actually there, you know how much of a you know asshole it is, mm-hmm. and you know how much of a jackball this guy is, and you know what the the real story is, and maybe more people. Uh, are spreading the the real story there, just like a lot of people are spreading the ideas of freedom here in America now, more so than they ever have in the past. That's just my speculation. Yeah, We'd love to have yours. 800-259-9231. Maybe you've lived uh, down in Venezuela for a little while, and maybe you lived there just you know, like an expatriate, or perhaps you were there for business. 1-800-259-9231. And uh, you want to share your thoughts, you're certainly welcome to do so. Hour number two is coming up. You can take control of the airwaves. Uh, coming up, Muslims, Mark. There's a pretty radical proposal that's been put on the table. You're going to tell us about it. It's Free Talk Live. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal. But something seems to be missing. Stickers. From LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. There's more. You can buy Liberty Stickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the second hour of the program, and we invite you to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free to bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231 is the number you'll need. That's 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and you can enjoy the features that you'll find there completely free. So uh, do that. 
Uh, the main page actually has, well, the content was created by listeners like you. In fact, if it weren't for our listeners, we would have nothing there and our site would really suck. So uh, if you want to, you can add to the site. You can participate in the site. You can add things to it uh, like a YouTube video or a news article or blog post and then others will vote as to whether they like or dislike what you've added. And the most liked will make it to the front page of the site. So see it for yourself and get involved at freetalklive.com. So we go to the phones and the fun across the seas to Australia where Jeremy is on the line listening at lrn.fm. Hello, Jeremy. Hello, I just wanted to uh, add to the discussion on agorism and alternatives to to government and uh, specifically government currency. Um, the new digital currency, uh, what's uh, nearly two years old now, called Bitcoins, mm-hmm. which um, is, a, is a fantastic alternative not only to the U.S. dollar for a lot of transactions, but also to PayPal. Well, it's a neat idea. I don't know if it's yet a fantastic alternative because a new uh, a new currency has to gain acceptance. Uh, it has to have people that are willing to take it and willing to use it in their transactions. In but if order it's designed well, it's you know, I mean, it should. I mean, it's a good. I think it's a good concept. Uh, the basically, as I understand it, um, it's a completely peer to peer currency, and that there are no central reserves anywhere of this particular currency it's basically generated by its users by people running software and it's somehow checked and and verified across the entire network that way people can't scam it counterfeit uh, somehow i don't know how i'm not a programmer so i can't audit it myself but i believe it's it's open source to where people can go in and audit and, and check it um am i right about all that so far jeremy yeah that's all that's all correct and um i started to use it um, you are able to use it in a few places and that. And, um, well, the biggest thing for me and if anybody else, because I know you have listeners worldwide, anyone has um, needs like myself, which is transferring uh, money overseas, it's uh, it's a much better way to do that than PayPal because there's no fees at all. And but also for but you can't convert it back money. into dollars. I mean, it's... it's yes, you can. Yes. You can. yes, it's quite easy to convert it back into dollars. You can. How do you do that? Well. Um, there's a website called mountgox.com. That's M for Mary, T, G, O, X. There's lots of sites, but that's the, the one that I use, which um, that's where people buy Bitcoins and sell Bitcoins. So they've gone from being, it was about $0.06 cents per Bitcoin in August, and now it's $0.26 cents per Bitcoin now. So, I mean, it's, it's already increasing in value. Five, four or five months. My yeah. my initial concern with the Bitcoin was, and I think it may have been addressed um, just by me thinking about it a little further, but uh, my initial concern was that essentially it's a fiat currency um, because the, it's not backed by anything. It's just simply this, this electronic currency that's generated by the people that uh, that are using it, that are running the software. But on the other hand, it's also not controlled by a central authority, so maybe it's not fiat in that way. Maybe fiat isn't quite the right word for it. It's not arbitrarily increased by uh, somebody who's in charge, although it was arbitrarily – there was an arbitrary um, limit set to the maximum number of bitcoins, I think. Yeah, which is 21 million, which it'll take another probably 20 years for that to, to happen, and, and basically it's allowing 
gross in the number of people to use it so that at this point it's worth something because there's a small amount. But but what what kind of ended up making sense to me on this, and, I, and certainly Sam is a kind of a, a monetary guru, at least at least for the people in the sitting in the to room tonight. To some extent. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. So you've got this software that generates slowly as you run this peer-to-peer software. You are essentially helping the network. You are creating a node on this network that uh, it'll work without you, but if you're on the, the network, then you're adding to its its strength. And so you're, you are, to, ex, to an extent, putting your computer to work for the creation of this currency, that for the, you know, the existence of the currency. And the Liberty Dollar had a model where if you were – the Liberty Dollar was a private currency, an alternative currency that uh, the government was very upset about and went in and, and stole all their gold and silver. But they had a model wherein you could get the currency at a discount if you were an associate, and then you could take that currency and you could sell it at face value – or whatever value you wanted to above your discounted rate to a business or to or you could just trade it at that rate and you'd sort of make a little bit of money on that uh, that transaction and it it makes sense you want to incentivize people to get out there and and use the currency and so to to that extent it makes sense that this is generated by the users and that you get more of it over time simply for running the software as a way to incentivize you to run the software and a way to incentivize you to actually use the currency i see okay so it's not really fiat from that perspective it, it's uh you know the the uh the congress was supposed to handle the printing and and the uh, what's the word for it mark the, the minting uh, yeah but i mean they had another phrase for it uh, basically Weights the coining measures? of of money okay they were, they were supposed to handle the printing and the creation of money and they actually did this in uh, early uh uh, early America, they created their own notes. I think FDR was working on something like that where you sidestep the Federal Reserve. Con- the government steps in and determines, okay, there should be uh, $3 million in existence. And they had you know these greenback things that they created, and the, and the government just created it. They weren't paying interest to anybody uh, for this money. And that sort of worked. Uh, my one hesitation was, well, if you're the guy creating the money, then – or if you're the one who wrote the software, can you use the system to, uh, you know, abuse it and create more? And, you know, then you end up with the fiat problem. But, you know, it's, it sounds like a, a workable model. I mean, if it's users running software that creates it over time and there's no way to defraud that and it's it's pretty secure, then, you know, as it gains acceptance, I think the only thing that would really shut it down is the state stepping in. And well, that's why it's peer-to-peer, it so seems it's to more me distributed. That- that the interwebs is the is the uh, the 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 area of the future. I it don't is. know everything that that goes on in the internet, but to me, this is an internet currency, and I'm very interested in it from that standpoint. As I I know those kids, they're smart, and they're coming up with stuff on the internet, and it may not be bitcoins, but it's going to be something like bitcoins. Mm-hmm. It you know to, from where I'm sitting, it's going to be like bitcoins. Well, we know decentralization is a good concept, and it certainly makes sense when it comes to having an alternative currency because we know that the government doesn't like alternative currencies, especially the ones that are successful, because it does everything it can to crush them. Right now, the poor folks that were doing the Liberty Dollar, uh, one of them sitting in a jail cell uh, awaiting trial, and the others are awaiting trial as well outside of a jail cell, and yeah. these people have never harmed another person in their lives, but they harmed the legitimacy of the U.S. dollar, and so therefore the government went after them with full force what was what's the online virtual reality is that second life is it, yeah i presume it's still going yeah and we haven't heard much about it recently yeah but they were doing the same thing where there was a currency within second but life they manipulated it 
Oh, they did. Yeah, they, okay. as I understand it, they, that was not. It wasn't a peer-to-peer thing at all. It was just a. We are the company. We have decided what one of these Second Life dollars is compared to a U.S. dollar, mm-hmm. and we we're, we're in charge. Jeremy, you mentioned this website where people buy and sell the bitcoins. That's not run by the company, right? That's really a market in the actual bitcoins. Do we lose Jeremy? Jeremy in I Australia? I think he is gone. Well, anyway, I believe, I'm, I'm guessing that's going to be the case. In a movement where you've got a decentralized currency, it seems very unlikely that, uh, that, that there would be this one company-run place to go to to buy and sell these things. Yeah, and that seems like the closest example to Bitcoins. And I know the state went in there and tried to crack down on people using it to gamble online and, and things like that, saying, oh, this is against the law. We've got to stop it. So. So I support, you know, the, the more we can have alternative currencies, the better. Uh, I, I like this. But again, it really has to become accepted. Right now, you can go to the Bitcoin mm-hmm. website and there's, you know, maybe 25 companies around the world that accept this for uh, their service. Mostly like web design, web geeky stuff, which makes sense, right? Because that's there's how some it gifty started. stuff out there too. I've I've looked. I mean, I've looked at some sites that are that are selling it, mm-hmm. and I think it's very. I think it's very interesting. It's obviously startup at this point, but yeah, um, this is know. really like a, a proof of concept. And we were talking about agorism, sort of setting the stage so that once the the dollar bubble does pop, and it, probably the euro along with it, and a lot of these other fiat currencies around the world. This can stand up as a working model of, hey, here's how we can uh, exchange things of value with each other. We're coming up here. You can take control and bring up what you want at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and this is Free Talk Live. We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. Coming up, we'll tell you uh, some disturbing news about what some people want to do to Muslims. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. You can enjoy the features there like listening options, live streams. We've got them. You can get tuned in via our broadband or dial-up flavored streams. Plus, there's our webcam and the listen lines that actually allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen that way. Around the clock, you know, those listen lines and the live streams are available. And then there's also some other options like our satellite channel that allows you to listen in for free. You don't have to pay a subscription fee or anything like that. Uh, plus, our 85 wonderful radio stations from coast to coast that take the show at various different times of the uh, the day and night. In fact, uh, again, welcome to all of our listeners in Indianapolis this week. Uh, WXNT running a special uh, to sit in for their morning show, Guy Abdul, who's taking the week off. As kind of a teaser of what you're going to get more of uh, coming up later on in the month of January. Uh, January 24th, Free Talk Live kicks off uh, weeknights on WXNT. We can announce that now? I've been announcing it for the past uh, few days. Yeah, yeah, I don't pay much attention to what you say anyway. Yeah, I'm pretty pretty excited about that, Mark, because it was WXNT that was huge. one of the huge. first. They were like the first big station to take Free Talk Live way back in 2005 when we had just gotten the ball rolling on being a syndicated show. And now they're really the first big station to take our uh, weekday show live. And we've got some great stations in great markets but uh, for the weekday show, but a lot of them are taking us delay broadcast. And it's hard for you to get interactive with a show when... They're not live. It is free talk live, you know? Yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, you can uh, you know get involved uh, over at uh, freetalklive.com. And there's a lot to do there. Memory Dealers offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, XFPs, GBICs, Zenpacks, and X2s. 
They're all 100% compatible with all the major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off of list price. MemoryDealers.com can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. In stock, ready to ship, via overnight delivery, it's MemoryDealers.com. Also, uh, Memory Dealers brings you the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com, so don't miss that. We continue with your phone calls about what you want. Alex is in New Jersey on the amp lines. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. I heard you were talking about Bitcoin, and uh, I wanted to bring up another possible digital alternative for uh, right. a new currency. It's uh, called a loom. And I've called in about this before, but I don't think I've done it on a weekday show. Uh, basically, the Loom is just an online system that enables people to transfer ownership of assets at will. Um, an asset is any item of property that's considered valuable, but we're just digitizing them and putting them into a website that allows people to trade them. The cool thing about the Loom is that anybody can create their own asset and hence their own currency. And with people being able to create their own currency backed by whatever they want, you have market forces that will take over and allow people to compete with each other as to which asset they would like to use for trading. What keeps people honest in this situation? Uh, I mean, if I am, uh, I'm going to claim that I've got all these assets, how are you going to verify that? of all the assets in the system is zero. Um, what happens is you sp- it's, it's truly fiat. Now, there's nothing wrong with fiat as long as there's competition. What you do is you spend assets into existence, and the more that you spend, the more uh, are that exists, and you have a negative balance. And that I am is incredibly confused. With- yeah, God, you're probably smarter than we are, Alex. So, uh, you know, tr- try it again. Basically, it's just um, it allows people to create their own fiat currencies. Now, what keeps them honest is the fact that you have market forces pushing them to be honest, because nobody would use their worthless asset if they uh, if it wasn't valuable or backed by something. Okay, valuable. let's get to a practical example because this is still even confusing for me. So, I have uh, let's say ten ounces of silver, and I want to convert that into looms. What's the process? Find someone who has a um, an exchange business or what have you, and you can go to them and say, "Hi, I'd like to tr- uh, trade these ten ounces of silver for however many uh, units of your asset that's owned by the exchange company or group of people." You, they will then transfer that asset to your Loom account without transferring the physical. Asset. So, say you, I've got you silver. Give them the silver, and they keep the silver. I okay. So now they've got both the silver and their asset, and I've got nothing. Nope. Nope. You give them ten ounces of silver, and then they send you, let's say, ten units of their digital currency. They now have negative ten units of their currency, and you have positive ten units of their currency. I thought you said all the balances were negative. I guess that that was right, because ten ten plus negative ten is zero. Okay, oh, so, I see. so I'm whiz. sending them the silver. They're sort of, it seems like though they're... And they're giving you digital currency yeah, in return. But hold on, it seems like they're in effect warehousing the silver and giving me this digital currency that should be backed by the silver, but they don't have any requirement to keep that. I mean, they could 
they could take my 10 ounces of silver and then go sell it, right? They could. However, market forces and competition would prevent them or would highly discourage that type of behavior. But if everybody is their own bank, then uh, that's a lot of uh, that's but, but a lot no, of, of nobody has auditing. to be their own bank because people are going to gravitate towards those who have assets that are backed by something valuable such as gold or silver. Um, their people are going to use that which is most effective. Huh. Okay, I see what you're saying. So, uh, so it's it's different sounding than what I originally understood from what you were saying. So, not everybody will be their own bank, but you're saying they could be their own bank, and right. that, that you're saying that the ones that are the best at competition, the ones that are being uh, that are the best at being the banks, will uh, will achieve the customers, and the ones that are being audited or whatever and, and honest are going to be the ones that people want to do business with. Yeah, and I guess you're you would expect that the uh, uh, I don't know there would be some specialization because. If I send in uh, 10 ounces of silver to, to somebody and they give me 100 looms and somebody else sends them 10 chickens, are they going to give them looms? And then if I want to trade my looms back in, are they chickens or are they co- silver well, coins? Well, each asset would be one product. So you would have a separate asset for chickens and a separate asset for By um, asset, silver. you mean loom. Each loom would represent a physical product. Uh, yes, each each asset. Now, so it's a, before, so it's before really we, a... before we hit the break. Uh, I just want to give your listeners some uh, a way that they can get more information on. I was going to ask you about if, that. Yeah, how, how does one learn more about if a they loom? They go on Facebook and they ty- if they go on Facebook and they type in pork loom. That's pork with a C, L O O M. Uh, there's a group there with a couple members and a link to the website that explains how it all works. Okay, so it's basically a digital representation of. Whatever you want to send in to somebody to warehouse for you, and you are depending on the market to ensure that those people are going to warehouse it and uh, somehow make sure those looms representing the physical product retain their value. In a nutshell, yes. Does this exist yet, Alex, or is it just in theory at this point? Like the Bitcoins exist. It It exists. It's up and running right now. People can use it. I'm interested. It's worth looking into, I'd say. Cool. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I would like to see some more real-life examples of yeah. you know what, how A interacts with B and C and so on, so on and so forth. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. A pretty radical and sick proposal has been put on the table about how to deal with Muslims in a moment. We'll explain. It's Free Talk Live. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site totally free, so enjoy them. 
including our mobile site. You can go to m.freetalklive.com. You get quick access to our streams, the podcast, also software for your different mobile phones. If you've got a BlackBerry, there's some software recommendations there. There's also uh, Android and, and iPhone software uh, suggestions. In fact, Winamp just came out with uh, an Android version of their product, which is cool. There's one problem with it, though. You can't actually stop the streams. So they, they're still in beta. I think they need uh, a little bit more work. But you can go and get the software. It's free. What do you want for free? Uh, at m.freetalklive.com. Actually, there's another great Android software called Zia Live, which is fantastic. I highly recommend that one. So uh, m.freetalklive.com. Now, web hosting can be easy and affordable if you go through HostGator. That's right. HostGator makes it easy for you to uh, get your very own website, uh, whether it's a .com or .anything. They've got unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, free site builder tools, uh, 4,500 templates, one-click script and install. So- one-click script installs, easy, an easy-to-use control panel, a 99% uptime guarantee, 45-day money-back guarantee. All you have to do to get your first month completely free with HostGator is use the portal that we've created. It's hostgator.freetalklive.com, and you'll get your first month completely free. Whether you want a complete, um, whether you want a personal blog or complete e-commerce business website, it's hostgator.freetalklive.com. So, just a. Extra thought, since we're talking about web hosting there, and we just had Alex on a moment ago uh, promoting a currency called the Loom, which is this strange decentralized currency that I'm still trying to grasp. Um, I'm not going to try to even recap what it is. As we were discussing during the break, you need to have a 30-second elevator speech, and that was you know, that was like a segment-long speech. Uh, but then again, we are talking about new ideas, right? So it might mm-hmm. be easy to give a 30-second elevator speech for silver. It's not such a new idea. Something like a loom or, uh, or you know, Bitcoin, these new currencies, decentralized, maybe a little more difficult to explain in a sh- short kind of uh, way, so I don't blame him for getting into the details. Plus, he's excited by it, and that kind of catches, you know, you, it kind of takes you away from maybe what, what you might otherwise focus on. Uh, but we actually, I actually followed his instructions uh, during the break, his instructions as to how to learn more about his product. Mm-hmm. Not good. When you run a website and you're pointing people to it, make sure they don't see something weird when they try to go to it. In this case... The security exception error came up in my Firefox when I went through his steps. I went to look for Pork Loom at, at Facebook, and I got there, and then there's a link to uh, loom.centromere.net, and I went to that, and that's when the security exception error comes up. And basically, that's a warning from your web browser saying, hey, careful, this, uh, this website may not be who they claim to be. Uh, he said that it was because he didn't pay hundreds of dollars for a certificate. Certificates don't cost hundreds of dollars. I think it's more I like 20 bucks. Couldn't say. Um, I, I mean, we've got a certificate for our site, Mark, the mm-hmm. Free Talk Live site, because when you have the secure website, when you're transferring information like credit oh, card it has numbers, to be a secure, like it's all about the secure website. Because mm-hmm. I have websites and they don't, you know, they don't, nobody asks for me. Yeah, whenever you look at the, the URL that you're going to, if there's an S at the end of the HTTP, yeah. that means it's secure. Yes. And every one of the secure sites should have a secure site. Uh, is it secure socket layer? Uh, SSL security. I I forget. It's an SSL certificate, and that essentially is issued by a third-party authority, like say GoDaddy, for instance, or HostGator, or I I don't know if HostGator does that. I presume they do. They've got a lot of services there, Um, but there are these third-party issuers that will issue these things and to to the website, and then you put it up on your site, and your browser recognizes that, and it's 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 confirmed. I don't know about the ins and outs of exactly the tech of of how that works. Uh, I think you have to have a dedicated IP. 
address, so a more expensive hosting plan mm-hmm. to, in order to get that, and that may be what he's talking about. So, yeah, it's, uh, that's going to scare a lot of people away. Probably going to scare 99% of the, uh, the people away that, uh, that may have been interested in learning about what Alex was talking that's about. That's a big number. I, I would expect it to be a significant amount of people, Mark. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a scary message. Scares me. When when that message comes up on your web browser and you don't know like the the issue you don't know who Alex is like I've met Alex he lives in New Hampshire he's a he's a nice kid um, and I'm not gonna but I'm not gonna put a credit card number in if it's an unsecured <laughs> website right I know what so, you're saying so uh, and and nobody else is gonna give up any you shouldn't if you go through if you give it because when this web browser error comes up you can make an exception it'll allow you in yeah. but it's just warning you hey careful. It's uh, like it's like a condemned building warning. You can go yeah. in, but the floor might fall through on you. Right. You may not be getting what you're he being advertised. He says it's not the SSL, it's the t- TLS. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. I don't yeah. either. I'm not, I'm not geeky enough to know that one. All I know is whatever it is, it doesn't have it. Yeah. And it, if you've got an error that's flashing up on somebody's screen before they come to your website, that's going to freak a lot of I people see that, out. Yeah, I see that thing and it makes my sphincter clinch. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so just a, just a quick tip. If you ever want to call Free Talk Live and you know tell us about your new exciting thing that's going on and it involves plugging a website, because usually you get a plug, but if you want to do more than that, you got to buy advertising. Uh, but usually, you know, if something new, exciting idea, all right, we'll let you plug your band, we'll let you plug your whatever. I mean, it's not plugs are us. If people just keep calling to plug things, I'm going to get tired of it. and We're going to do something else. But uh, yeah, if you're going to plug a website, make sure it works. Make, make sure it's well, going to let people it in. Well, he says it works and it's secure. It's just that it doesn't have the it. certificate that says that he is who he says he is. Yeah. That's the that's what the certificate's about. Just telling you, if you want people I know to what go you're to your saying. website. I, I have to agree that yeah. people people are, um, you know, the internet scares them a little bit in general. And they have to have a normal, you know, they have to they have that comforted feeling. And when you get that little uh, stop sign guy holding up the danger, yep. black and yellow, you know, <laughs> you know that's... Tread softly. Yeah. yeah. So that's just a quick tip. You know, if you're going to promote something on the radio, make sure it's accessible. And I don't mean just a plug, especially if you're going to buy advertising. Make sure people can go to your website uh, to understand what it is you're selling. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line. So, Mark, what is this proposal, this scary proposal that is on the table? Who's proposing it uh, regarding Muslims and what to do? Well, this is from the Raw story, and it's... uh it, it's talking about uh, an event that they had uh, that was put on by the International Counter-Terrorist Officers Association. It was in Las Vegas in the, last, in the past October. And there's a, a counter-terrorism consultant told a meeting of law enforcement officials that the way to combat militant Muslims is to kill them, including the children. This is what, uh, you know, according oh to a news report, his name is Walid Shobat, a self-described former uh, PLO terrorist who now speaks out for USA and Israel. Oh, that's, that's sick. That's what he said there. <laughs> Reportedly made the comment of a uh, um, speech during a conference of the International Counterterrorism Officers Association in um, Las Vegas and in this past October. The comment uh, highlights uh, growing concerns among human rights advocates that the U.S. law enforcement is turning to extremists for training in the fight against terrorism. It also highlights concerns among senior counterterrorism officials that standards for counterterrorism training are inappropriate and possibly harming national security themselves. So you've got – now, is the government involved in this or is this just like a meeting of counterterrorism experts? International Counterterrorism Officers Association. Officers, okay, meaning they hold office in the, in the government somewhere. Well, yeah, they're so, you know, 
cops, I guess. You've got this government that uh, a few years ago actually brought in former KGB agents to uh, head up the organization of the Department of Homeland Security to get their advice as to how to do it. Uh, now you've got them turning to a former admitted terrorist to ask him you know, what they should do about terrorism, and his suggestion is genocide. It, well, and according to the um, uh, an anonymous source at the meeting, Shabbat, that's the guy who said it, comments, got a warm reception from at least some of the people attending the conference. Um, so this is the guy that says, uh, to combat militant Muslims, you need to kill them, including the children. Um, so <laughs> the, the source said he turned around uh, after Shabbat's speech, asked a woman in the chair behind them at the conference what she thought about the solution offered by Shabbat. Kill them, including the children. You heard them was the full response. Mm. Oh, boy. This so, reminds me of, like, the, the yes-men who go to these corporate conferences. Like, they went to Halliburton and created these survivor ball things that uh, would supposedly protect them after Halliburton's destroyed the environment. And it, they just make it so completely absurd, but yet at every t- every conference, they usually get people who walk up and want to know more. It's so scary. We'll come back and talk uh, more about it here and get your thoughts as well at 800 259 9231 Will violence solve the problem of violence? I don't think so. It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Take control. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features on the site totally free. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Hey, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, shop with us. Amazon.freetalklive.com is where you can go to get your shopping done. They've got dozens of categories. You can even order used items if you'd like through Amazon. You know them, the world's largest internet superstore. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Just start your shopping through that link and Free Talk Live gets a cut of the sale. It's the same great Amazon, same great prices, free super saver shipping deals and all that stuff. It's just you're entering through our portal, so we get credit. Amazon.freetalklive.com. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the vents what you want to make of it. There'll be speeches and debates and things like that, but the boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. All your time will not be monopolized with, uh, with boring speeches. We're going to just save the just for the good stuff. Uh, the ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011, but you need to reserve your berth now. Uh, the, the berths are as low as $535, double occupancy. But there's no guarantee on that rate. It's, it's The late rate, in fact, is likely to go up as uh, the, you know, the berths sell out. Also, they're going to have vendors on this trip. And if you are interested in being a vendor, there will be uh, – you can write it off just like uh, you know, being a vendor in the you know, a convention in the United States. It, 
uh, Bermuda and the United States have some kind of agreement. So if you uh, if you want to be a vendor on this trip, they have that option. It's cruise.freetalklive.com to get more information. Do it today, cruise.freetalklive.com. All right. So uh, we're going to get to your phone calls here in a moment. Just want to continue to focus a little more on this just absolutely sick proposal. There is some kind of a meeting of counterterrorism experts and, I guess, international counterterrorism so-called experts. And one of the guys was uh, talking about what he believes is a, a viable solution to put a stop to the terrorism problem. Well, just uh, you go after the radical Muslim extremists and you kill them and their children. That was pretty much the, the solution, right? Yeah, that was pretty much what he said. Um, the guy's name is, uh, let me get it here, just make sure I've got it, Walid Shabbat. Um, and he is uh, supposedly, uh, no one's really been able to uh, showbot. Um, nobody's really able been, ever been able to confirm his story that he is a former PLO, a former terrorist. PLO terrorist. Uh, but uh, that's what he claims. Well, And he says the way to deal with uh, Muslim extremists is to kill them and their children. I think it's a horrible idea. I think that uh, violence does not solve problems. I think that uh, violence only begets more violence. And if you actually listen to what the people are saying that would call themselves terrorists, not this guy, but the ones that are actually out there doing terrorism, um, a lot of them are pretty upset about the fact that the U.S. government has been meddling in the Middle East for decades and have been using violence against them and their families and their loved ones. And that's what spurs them into violence. So I guess he's kind of acknowledging that by saying, well, that's why you kill their children. Uh, But what about their friends? And what about their acquaintances sure. and their business partners and the people that know them and care about them. Yeah, I mean, you know, if this is if this, uh, I, you know, obviously this is a radical statement, and it, I don't think that uh, it's taken the government's going to condone it. But this was done at a convention of um, counterterrorists officers. This, this is, is the same the, government that takes people and tortures them and uh, puts them into prisons without trial. I mean, they, they, there's no reason why they wouldn't look at this seriously as an option. We're almost there, Mark. Well, um, you know, whatever. The, the fact is, this guy's getting a hearing at their convention. They're not bringing in uh, the guys from WikiLeaks to talk to them about no. uh, peacefully solving their problems. They're bringing in this crackpot that claims to be a former PLO terrorist. And, uh, oh, my goodness, some of the other stuff he says is just absolutely off the wall. And he's giving them what they want. They he want says to hear Shabbat this. is a pseudo-expert on terrorism, Islamic extremism, biblical prophecy, and teaches that Obama is a secret Muslim and that the Bible has prophesied a, a Muslim antichrist. A lengthy investigation of the U.S.'s intelligence uh, apparatus earlier this month, the Washington Post reported that in their desire to learn more about terrorism, many police departments are hiring their own trainers. Um, some are self-described experts oh whose extremist views are considered inaccurate and harmful by the FBI and other in, others in the intelligence community. I mean, these cops think that uh, people are terrorists if they pull out a video camera. This, it's so the government people are so extreme in how they treat people these days. It's not. I don't feel like it's very far off from from this being a realistic possibility for them to institute. There's a, a really great documentary that will ga- give you a lot of insight and perspective on this whole terrorism um, around the world. And it's uh, Where in the World is Osama Bin Laden by Morgan Spurlock. He mm. went around That's to... That's the uh, feed, uh, Super Size Me guy, Super right? Size Me guy, yeah. This time he went around looking for Osama Bin Laden. He nice. started in Egypt. He went to um, Afghanistan. And in Afghanistan, he was talking to some of the local villagers. He was with the military... And he talked to him about, you know, how do you like it? What, what do you think about the terrorists? And, and the guys in the village are sitting there saying, look, we don't really care about the terrorists. Osama is just one man. I mean, and this was common in Egypt. This was common in Pakistan. He went to all these places. They're saying Osama bin Laden is just one man. And, and it, it really doesn't impact our lives. But these villagers, 
used to have water as much as they wanted. But ever since this military base went in and started draining the water from the aquifer. the ground table from the mm-hmm. aquifer, they they can't get enough water to survive. And it, that's ah. the biggest thing. That's the biggest problem that they have. Drinking. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's potable water is the- a huge issue around the world. I mean, you when you it's a it's a huge number, larger than fifty percent of the population of the world has to worry about potable and plentiful water. Yeah, they've got to go and and bring it from somewhere. Right? I mean, you know, things that we don't look at in our lives here in the United States are in very important issues around the world. Right. I think that's available on Hulu for free. I believe that's where I watched what it. What was it? So where in the world is Osama bin Laden? Osama bin Laden and Morgan Spurlock is the filmmaker. Neat. So uh, in comments at the, Huffing, um, at the Huffington Post, Michael R- Ricker, the head of the uh, – this is the International Conference on Counterterrorism Officers Association, which sponsored the Las Vegas conference where this Shabbat fella um, you know, was talking. Case. He defended Shabbat saying, what you hear from Walid is the truth. <laughs> Speaking about the Las Vegas conference, um, Riker said, Ricker said the attendees were glued to what Walid had mm. said, and the majority of them agreed. The liberal media is afraid to hear what the truth really is. Who has been planning? The truth a- is, we need more killing. Who has been a planning attacks on our country? We are at war um, uh, in a, yeah. I, a war with an ideology, and if you don't know what, um, you need to get your head out of the sand. Well, let's take it says. to let's go ahead and imagine them in, in implementing this, uh, because like I said, I don't think it's that far away from what they're doing right now. I mean, secret prison, secret torturing, all that, um, and then maybe not so secret anymore. George Bush admitting that he ordered torture. I mean, that's not a secret. Mm-hmm. He's just saying, hey, I did it. I committed a war crime, and nothing, nothing's been done to him. So let's envision that the U.S. government decides this is now a policy. Of course, we already know that over in the Middle East, they've already been kicking the doors and murdering families and shooting you know teenage uh, teenage boys from Bombing the air weddings um, and you know so we know these things we know they've raped 14 uh, year old girls in front of their families and then murdered them all we know those things have happened what I mean, about that boys school um that uh, got shot up where they shot it up yeah that's yeah. right they, they so, killed nine kids and and three teachers <laughs> you know? so we know and, that's already happening now so they're going to institutionalize it they're going to make it policy and so let's say they move forward with that well remember the government has also been talking about domestic terrorists too so i mean maybe the if well, it's good the, enough for the, the Obama the administration has, uh, has, has made it legal for the government to assassinate American citizens that have Around been called. Around the world. That's uh, right. Right. No, inside, I, I think that they actually the stepped US? up that they could do it inside the U.S. I hadn't heard that part, but, but uh, it's you know, just I, the next step, right? Right. So, so they've been demonizing these so-called domestic terrorists, and they've been lumping in you know, libertarians in that particular category. I mean, you're, you're threatening to the state. You're a domestic yep. terrorist. Uh, you've you got a bumper sticker in your car that says something about the Constitution. You're a... Uh, you're got, an extremist. You've got silver domestic in your pocket. Extremist. You've got silver instead of a U.S. dollar in your pocket. You're a domestic extremist. You're using a loom or you're using a Bitcoin. You're a domestic extremist. Maybe those people should also be exterminated as well. Because the idea that pe- people would listen to that and they would say to themselves, well, of course the government's only going to go after the, the murderer, the terrorist. But no, no, they're going to go after whoever they deem to be a Muslim extremist. That can mean anything. That can mean whatever they want it to mean. Look what they're doing to Assange. I mean, they, the, the government still has not been, the United States government still has not been able to, to tack any crime on this guy. But they, I mean, it's more than a, a, what, a close to a half a million dollars bail they, they, you know, he's out on on these trumped up charges in Sweden. And you know the State Department's behind that. Mm. It doesn't take a genius to figure it out. Yeah. So... I understand that people are going to listen to us and say, oh, you guys are overreacting. Our government would never do anything like that. They're wrong. They don't read the news. 
1-800-259-9231. They're listening to Rush Limbaugh talking about, Club Gitmo, those guys have it great over there. They're getting clean water. This is the best life they've ever had. Why don't you go check in for a weekend then? Get shot up with some uh, chemical waterboarding uh, What's chemical waterboarding? I I heard a story about that, and I have to go find the source, but I heard that they were giving them shots that was the equivalent of being waterboarded. It's weird. Created that experience. Hmm. I don't know. All right, so uh, we come back with more in a moment. Hour number three is on the way. You can can take can, uh, can take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. Got an email coming up here from somebody who is, well, he's going to share his uh, his thoughts about liberty, and I think they're pretty, uh, pretty interesting. So we'll do that in here in a moment. Also take your calls about anything coming up in hour three. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. Spark imaginations and free minds with an enjoyable graphic novel or webcomic from BigHeadPress.com. This holiday season provides a great opportunity to share a vision of freedom and how we'll get there. Inspirational and beautifully illustrated publications from BigHeadPress.com are great tools for sharing the freedom message with thoughtful stories that are extremely entertaining and a pleasure to read. You'll be awed by the illustrations while you cheer for the heroes and boo the villains. Check out BigHeadPress.com and sample their work online before you buy BigHeadPress.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into the third hour of the program. You can dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We uh, we will uh, share the features there with you completely free. Unlike those other talk show hosts who want to charge you for accessing their websites, we do it free. freetalklive.com. Coming up here uh, tonight, this hour... At some point, you'll get a chance to win a two-pack of the Totasack. We'll explain what that is a little bit later on. We go first to the phones and the fun, and then to the email box. Uh, first, Scott is in Massachusetts. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Scott. Yes, hello, uh, Mark. How are you? So, it's Ian. Apparently he's yes. talking to you, Mark. <laughs> hello. Hello, uh, Scott I, the Bigot. What's on your mind tonight? Yes, don't forget also the anti-Semite. What hatred? Well, I mean, you're bigoted. I mean, that, that kind of covers it all as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, America, I'm hearing what you're saying, uh, and... America is, uh, do you ever wonder why America has had all these droughts and uh, poverty and wars and all of this? God please, hates please, America. please say that it's God that's, that's punishing us. Yeah. God hates America, and you made that, that's A, and, you, and B, it follows logically. Well, B. I don't know if why you've noticed, uh, but yeah. there are natural disasters that take place all around the world every day. But things in the past decade or more have really spiraled out of control, and the American people should ask themselves, why? Why is this country being cut down? And the reason why it's being cut down is because God hates our homosexual and lesbian tolerance. Oh, I wish you would call in Friday night. Will you call in Friday night about this? Because we actually have a gay man on the show, because we are not just tolerant uh, towards gay people on Free Talk Live, but we also are allowing, because there's kind of a difference uh, b- between the two. Tolerant kind of suggests that you, you know, d- disgustedly, uh, you know, look at something and you won't do anything about it, but you'll tolerate it. Uh, but allowing is like, oh, it's your life. You, you're not hurting anybody. That's cool. You know, do whatever you want. So I feel like I, I am more allowing toward uh, gays than I am tolerant, but certainly I'm tolerant as well. So guys. God's not loving, Scott? What's that? Scott, God is not loving, or he's not about unconditional love? Uh, no. Uh, God <laughs> okay. has laws uh, like anything else. And okay, so God is kind of like government then. 
uh, break the rules, get punished, will smite you. That's right. Wait a minute. You're saying God didn't make gay people? God did he just screw up there or what? God wants a man and a woman to marry. God does not want a man and a man or a woman and a woman. How do you know this? I mean, because you're not a big Christian uh, guy. I mean, I know that from your previous calls. How do you know what God wants? I mean, if it wasn't written in the Bible, um, if you're you're not a big believer in the Bible, how do you know what God wants? Uh, I do believe in in, in a God, uh, although sometimes I do have my doubts. I, I, I come from the school of seeing is believing. I desperately try to see God. Uh, I've never had any evidence uh, uh, of it. Uh, I guess I'm going by that God had a son named Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He died on the cross in Calvary. I want to desperately believe he existed. If he did exist, then he was the son of God. If he did, if he did perform miracles, make the blind see, make the crippled walk, then he was he was the son of God. If he is the son of God, it makes common sense to me that there is a God. Uh, so my belief in God is based on the presence of Jesus Christ. Uh, without the presence of Jesus Christ, I would not believe that there is a God. But you, I've already admitted you have no real evidence that there was. You just believe that there was, right? I want to believe that there is, a, is, 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 is some sort of... But you of don't believe in that the- way. That way he hates fags, right? By saying that, that I, I believe in a God... Uh, yes, let's let's be fair. At least I'm I'm not, I'm not a hypocrite. It justifies my hatred of homosexuals. Okay, and you said God wants uh, men and women to get married. Is that a state-sanctioned marriage? Is that what God wants? He wants men and women to get married to produce children. You didn't uh, answer the question. Yeah, you did yes, not answer a, the question. It's a state-sanctioned marriage. So the God, uh, so in your mind, God it created the state, or the, the state is essentially an extension of God. I think the state is an extension of God. Uh, but wow. it's not the kind of it's not the kind of state. You've got a real I, crappy god. <laughs> I hate this. I hate this government that we have. It's a totalitarian. But government. it must be an extension of God. Well, it's 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 it's. Let me put it this way: it's the god that when America was <laughs> did you founded, even think this one out before you called in? Yes, I Scott? did. God, this is not the god. This is not the America of George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams when America was a Christian country. This is a wait, wait, wait. American. I, I don't think America was a Christian country. It was a country founded on religious freedom. Oh, it was always a Christian country. No, well, it was founded by people who were Benjamin tired Franklin of being wasn't a persecuted <laughs> by Benjamin Franklin government. Was a Quaker. No, was Benjamin a Quaker. Franklin was not a Quaker. Benjamin Franklin was a deist. Well, you can look at it. I'm not going to argue with it. I know that George Washington. <laughs> I can tell you that George Washington was nothing like a Quaker. I'm a Quaker. Benjamin Franklin was not a Quaker. George Washington was an Episcopalian. Well, John Adams was a Unitarian. They were Christians. Well, it doesn't matter. They were founding a government Thomas based on James Madison. They were James f- Madison was an Episcopalian. He was a deist. Um, uh, the, the fact is, you could call me a Methodist because that was the church that I was uh, baptized in. Uh, but that wouldn't make me a Methodist today. People uh, in their adulthood come to, uh, d- to d- different beliefs on God than what they perhaps had in their childhood. But I'm. I'm saying that America's being struck down, not by mere coincidence, uh, because there's, there's a greater plan, and that and that the American people have not followed God's law. So what is what does God want for the gay uh, community then? Uh, he wants them to be normal. And he wants them, <laughs> and that's, they that's are the normal, of, Scott. So, okay. Have you ever actually known any gay people? I've seen them. Yeah. 
No, that's not <laughs> the answer to the question. The question is, have you ever actually known any gay people? I've known them, yeah. No, you have not. How well have you known them? I don't want to know them that well. Yeah. See, you have these preconceived notions about what it means to be a gay person and how uh, backwards it is and how... I'd like to correct you on that. I don't like the word gay. They have absolutely nothing to be happy about. Oh, sure they, a... sure they do. Gay In fact, I would say gay people are some of the happiest folks I've ever oh, met. Yeah. I, I, oh, I don't know there. I'm going to go costumes, that. too. Yeah, I mean, have you ever been to a Pride Fest, Mark? Man, that is a happy, good time. So, so, <laughs> they know how I'm to party. Not, I'm not, gentlemen, I'm not ready for this, for this, uh, for this world. <laughs> this, this, you're making me laugh. This world is, is sick. It's all out of whack. No, it's, yeah, it's I'm... turned upside down and inside Scott, out. Scott, I'm hearing... a giant nut house. Scott, I'm hearing you describe God as this vengeful, angry, hate-filled being who's going around judging people for the free will that he gave them. That doesn't just sound a little off to you? No. Well, he created the. I mean, if if you believe that God, uh, this Christian God, created the the universe and created Earth and created all the things on it, then he created homosexuality. And then if he, he cre- hates homosexuals, then he could just strike them down or prevent them from. Uh, uh, from existing in the first place and that really shows that god is about unconditional love and loving people enough to let them make their own decisions even if he doesn't approve for some reason which i don't think god's about judgment to begin with you know what you, god you, also hates the jews for, for for betraying and murdering his son jesus on the cross scott i could ju- i don't even want to go into your hatred of jews tonight we did that last night let's stick with one hatred per night okay yeah. uh so so my question here is, uh, do, you, do you believe that homosexuality is a choice? I believe homosexuality, uh, I'm going to be on, let me think that over. It's either a choice or, it's, or, 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 or they're born. I, I'd like to believe that it's a choice, that it's something that, that they... Uh, do you believe that uh, animals that have engaged in homosexual, like non-human animals, that animals who have engaged in homosexual activities have also chosen that? Let me give you an example. Uh, my my old cat, the old studio cat, Ravage. He uh, went with Julia when she moved out, and uh, so I only get to see him occasionally. But um, he's now a gay cat. But it's not because he wasn't gay before. Uh, he didn't have another male cat in the house with which to interact. Now he lives in a house where there's another male cat, and the two of those cats do some very very gay looking things with one another that he never did with the female cat that uh, that he he would he would attack the female cat uh, that uh, that he lived with. At my house, and then at his new house with the male cat, they engage in some very loving and playful uh, gay activities with one another. Is that a choice, Scott, or is that nature? I think that's nature. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 800 259 9231. So if it's nature with animals, why wouldn't it be nature with humans? We're just hairless apes, hairless monkeys who've got the ability to talk and reason. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, but sometimes reason doesn't factor into who you're attracted to. More coming up. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you.
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want by dialing in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. You can bring up anything. And joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sam. And Mark. Don't forget, you can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free, including the bulletin board system. You can go and get interactive with other Free Talk Live listeners over at bbs.freetalklive.com. And again, it's all totally free for you. bbs.freetalklive.com. The Totosec. It's the one-trip wonder for hauling goods from your vehicle to your home. I use it to to take uh, groceries from the grocery store out to the car because I don't like to put the grocery cart into the corral. Uh, you could use it to take stuff from the house to the boat. It is made from 100% recycled materials right here in the United States and uh, by a manufacturing place. I've taken a tour through uh, through game engineering, and it's loca- located in Bensonville, Illinois. You can check out the Totosec at totasac.us t-o-t-a-s-a-k.us you you'll just be amazed at how you lived your life without this convenient little device it's the totasac and we'll be giving away a pair of them here on uh, free talk live in a few moments as a matter of fact but first to the phones and the fun tie is in tennessee you're on free talk live with ian sam and mark hello tie Hey guys, good, good to talk to you again. Hey, I just wanted to make a real quick point uh, about the idea that the the United States was founded as a Christian nation. Uh, that's false. The Treaty of Tripoli actually has these words in it. And hold on, before you go on, uh, before you you make the quote, I I think it's important for people to note that the treaties, as I understand, and you you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Ty, but treaties are the Constitution. When a treaty is ratified, that it becomes a part of the Constitution of the United States of America. Is that correct? I have no idea. All I know is this is is an official government record. It It was ratified unanimously. Uh, on the floor of the U.S. Senate in uh, June 7, 1797. Okay. And it states, as the government of the United States of America is not in any sense founded on the Christian religion. And it's cut and dry. Nice. No argument there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that, by the way, the Treaty of Tripoli was, uh, was that put together in John Adams's uh, t- tenure? So you're talking about the second president yes. of the United Correct. States. So the the man who was sent to do it was sent by George Washington in his second term. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that guy's name, but I, I'm, I have uh, looked into this Treaty of Tripoli, uh, you know, relatively extensively, and... Yeah, you know that that this is what people always say. It's a Christian nation, but there's nothing to back that up. Nothing. There's yes. absolutely nothing I can, to back I it up. My, I, I'm, I'm a Christian myself, but the U.S. is not a Christian nation. It's not founded on any religion. And what people don't understand is the United States was founded at the end of the Enlightenment period, and then. Uh, in the mid-1800s, a sort of Christian revival swept the nation. So it feels like, in the past, Christianity was a big deal in people's lives. But honestly, they were less Christian in the United States. Generally, the population was less Christian in the, seven, in the late 18th century than they are today. People were looking at things and saying, you know, the, the deists were looking at things and saying, you know, God isn't uh, actively participating in people's lives. Where are the angels? Where are the burning bushes? Where are all these things? The questions that people are asking themselves today. 
So it's basically a story yeah, that the anyway, Christians tell themselves yeah, to. That was the only point I wanted to make. Yeah, thanks thanks for, the, for bringing that up, Ty. Very interesting. Uh, so, yeah, basically the whole idea of a Christian nation is just a talking point for Christians to make them feel good. I well, guess, I, right? to, to, to enforce their will on other people. Mm-hmm. The idea that Christ says he was out without sin to cast the first to- stone, the idea that Christianity, which was a rebellion religion against the, uh, the Jewish, the Pharisees and the Romans— well, now that they're in charge, so many of these Christians want to enforce their will on other people. How can you have moral behavior when you don't have an option? Yeah, then you're just being it's not virtuous if right. you can't choose. The woman who chooses not to be a prostitute today because it's a because it's illegal is not virtuous because she chooses not to be a prostitute. Well, what's wrong with being She's a prostitute? Just scared. I'm, I'm just saying that if you're a Christian and oh, you look at this right. thing from the standpoint of virtue and you want people to choose gotcha. virtue for virtue's sake, the person that chooses not to be a prostitute today because they might be arrested and thrown in jail for it is not virtuous. So to the email box from Parker, or excuse me, not from Parker, but from uh, somebody else who's referencing another email, Alan writes in. So I just might, uh, clocked out of my third shift job stocking shelves at Walmart, and I was on my way to the gas station to pick up a pack of smokes and some beer when something happened that rattled me. I'd been listening to the Free Talk Live podcast for the last few hours of my shift, and just as I was wiping the snow from my back windshield, you read Parker's email. Now, I want to tell you this. Now, Parker's email had something to do with how uh, you know concerned he was with the state of liberty and uh, to, you know come to these conclusions, etc., Uh, And that's not really that relevant to what Alan has to say. I want to tell you this, not because I expect you to read this on the air or even give it more than a passing glance in your home, but because I have a deep need to confess this to someone, anyone, who will be able to read it and understand, at least on some level, the sort of anguish and turmoil that I experience on a near daily basis. A small bit of backstory. I came to the ideas of liberty as many people do in my youth, say 16 or 17, and I'm now 31. I got there through Ayn Rand, but while my taste for her totalitarian philosophy eventually waned, the non-aggression principle stuck with me. The idea that it is a sticky principle, the idea that it's not very nice to aggress against peaceful people and that we shouldn't. I regarded myself as a pretty standard issue libertarian. I talked to people whenever I could about whatever ideas they were interested in, but didn't give it much thought beyond being a sort of subtle quirk of personality. A couple of years ago, probably during the last years of the Bush presidency, that started to change for me. I became increasingly frightened, as opposed to just annoyed, at the things that my government was doing. He puts my in quotes. The realization that my emails could be read, my phone calls tapped, my kind of struck a chord. It was as though I was witnessing the dawn of some new and terrible monstrous era. But then, as I was moved to learn more about history and economics and foreign policy, I realized that what I was seeing was not a unique and aberrant fluke, but rather the natural and predictable consequence of the centralization of power. As I was in the process of becoming radicalized, it was as though I was groping in the dark through a dense fog. At the edge of the fog stood a curtain. Pulling that curtain back and seeing the state for what it was was sort of an awful and traumatic epiphany. It was as though I have had a, or it was as though, and I have a very distinct image of this in my mind, as though I saw the state as a great snarling beast with sharp teeth and spittle soaked jowls, and it was waiting to devour me. And yes, worst of all, my son, Jack. I must beg that you give or forgive the melodrama here. I don't say this as a crude attempt to seem literary or clever. It was a genuine moment of terror, like seeing the face of the man chasing you in your nightmares, and I really did experience it as a moment of revelation and of terror. 
And then you read the email from Parker. It sounded a lot like he has experienced the, forgive the term, vision that I did. And his reaction seemed to be analogous to the sort of dread and anxiety that I've experienced, which I continue to suffer from, which falls on me like a ton of bricks every few days or so. Like a sort of pain mixed with fear and desperation. With every new story, with every new encroachment of human liberty, I keep expecting the mass of people to say enough and rise up in defiance. And we'll come back. He's got more to say here in a moment, but I want to make sure we give you a two-pack of the Toda Sack at uh, 603-435-1105. You want to get the groceries back in from the car really easily? I love the Toda Sack. I use it every time I go to the store. You'll get a two-pack of them. If you call in right now, 603-435-1105, you dial in, and there's a good chance that you will win. Someone who calls will get the Totasac dial in now, 603-435-1105. More coming up with this uh, email and your thoughts as well. You can bring up anything you want. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Carnation Breakfast Essentials, helping your family get off to a nutritious start every day. Mornings can be chaotic, but a little advance work will take the pressure off. The night before, organize backpacks and put them at the door, along with anything else that your kids need for the day. Set a timer for five minutes before departure to give everyone a chance to mobilize, and off you go. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there totally free. And those features include archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download right there at the top of the page, last week's worth. And then you click in to the archive section to go all the way back as far as or late, uh, late 2006. All free for you at freetalklive.com. Now then, Mark, if you want to get your hands on gold and silver, and it's a good idea to actually get it in your possession as opposed to leaving it in the hands of the banks, uh, what do you do? Well, you go to gold.freetalklive.com. Um, at gold.freetalklive.com, I've put together some coins that I think are good choices to have gold and silver, not numismatic stuff. I found all that very confusing when I was uh, first looking into gold. This is intended to make it simple for you. Go to gold.freetalklive.com. Check out the coins we have there. Comparison shop with the other companies out there that are selling gold and silver. You want a comparison shop. We believe we've got the best prices at gold.freetalklive.com. You need to believe it, too. gold.freetalklive.com. All right, so we're continuing with an email here from Alan, and he thought I wasn't going to read it on the air, but I, I think it's it's pretty good. It Very really, good, yeah. yeah it really, it really it paints a picture of somebody who has recently come to the ideas of liberty in a in a significant fashion. He he talks about how he's been into the movement since he was sixteen or seventeen, but really it was more of a subtle personality quirk, as he sort of describes it earlier, until more recently when it really started to dawn on him what was happening and and what the state really is and what it all uh, what it all means and and how out of control it is. Uh, so I want to continue here with his email. So he says, with every new story, with every new encroachment of human liberty, I keep expecting the mass of people to say enough and rise up in defiance. We are, after all, deeply entrenched in this mythos of America as the land of the free and ourselves as the free people. But with the rumble of each bootstep that Leviathan takes, we instead cower meekly and beg for protection. We supplant reasoned thinking for jingoism and nationalism. We cheer on the foot soldiers of empire and demand the blood of the enemy while we sit idly by and watch our masters rob us of our wealth, security, and our dignity. 
In my own experience, I've found that if one does not cower and kneel and worship at the feet of the uniformed goons of the state, police and soldiers mostly, then one is alternately ridiculed or dismissed as a sort of malcontent or as psychologically deviant. You're America hater. Confess a skepticism of any armed enforcer of the state and suddenly you are the secret friend of every terrorist and heroin dealer on the earth. What's terrible in this context is not the fear of and contempt for the state. What's truly damaging to me, and I suspect many others, is the sense of having your warnings fall on deaf ears. Of being the lone truth teller in a world full of people who are choosing to believe lies and who are lying even to themselves. Well, and they're falling victim to the propaganda. That's what I I haven't heard yet out of this email is... Really, the American people are being dumbed down with this these hidden messages that are making their way into movies, into television, into the news. Uh, they, they're fed such a controlled diet of statism that I don't think you know that most people are aware that they're not even really thinking or considering things for themselves. I think you might be right about that. Still, that uh, doesn't ease the frustration. Oh, absolutely not. I'm just there's yeah. more to it than just uh, you know people are cowering down. A lot of them are really almost brainwashed in a sense to to just they are take the programming, take the programming, accept government, don't question anything, go on with your life. Well, it it is job. the government that runs the schools, so mm-hmm. of course they have an interest in in teaching people these things. And brainwashing, while it sounds like an extreme word, is it's fairly accurate. Yeah, it's, it's pretty close to the, to the right term, actually. So uh, so I understand his frustration. We'll come back and, and delve in a little further here, but I want to finish him up. Uh, to be treated as an Oslander or pariah as you stand at the edge of the precipice and warn your brothers and sisters not to charge like lemmings over the edge to their own death, only to be ridiculed and marginalized, is an awful thing. No, they say, we must charge onward, ever into the darkness and to oblivion. And you want to save them because you're bound to them, but you can't. And they fall into the darkness, and their rope is tied to you, and your rope is tied to your children, and then you all fall down and down and down into the jaws of the great beast. And then at the last moment when the jaws of the beast are chewing and your friends are impaled on its teeth, you hope that in the last moment they will see finally that you are right. But instead, as the lifeblood drains out of them, they call out, I've never been so alive! And you realize that you were a fool to try and salvage the lives of those in bondage who never wanted to be free. You had wanted freedom to live, and they had simply wanted the freedom to die for Leviathan. You had wanted the liberation of the truth, and they had only wanted the freedom to believe in silly, comfortable lies. You had wanted freedom to choose, and they had wanted the freedom to serve and kill and die. Parker's email got into some of this, though perhaps not in the way I have here, and I suspect that he didn't intend to share the things that I've shared. For him, it seemed like a sort of mild but very real discomfort. For me, it's a sort of psychological terror that creeps into my waking nightmares. For those of you who have joined the Free State Project and moved in order to become active for liberty, may the God that I don't believe in bless you for your efforts. I hope to join you someday, but until I can get there, I can only watch in horror as those around me dismiss out of hand, or dismiss me out of hand, as a blame America firster, or a friend of the drug dealers who are poisoning our children. I would never presume for a second that I was entitled to have my email read on the air, but please, if it isn't too much trouble, send this along to Parker, which I don't even remember Parker, so I don't know if I can. So hopefully Parker's listening. Uh, you may send my email out. Oh yeah, good God, yeah, it's bad, but we're here in the shadows, waiting for it all to go down in flames. We don't want it, we don't eagerly anticipate, 
eagerly anticipated. But when it does, we're ready to rebuild. If New Hampshire can get there first, and it seems like it will, then good. We all need to get there in time, but the time isn't right for everyone. Maybe someday, maybe someday soon. But we can't avoid the future forever. And the Free State Project gives us all here on the outside hope that we aren't alone. Please, Parker, feel whatever pain that you need to feel because of the dread and the loneliness and the fear and the pain. But don't feel like you're alone. You aren't. We are here. From Alan. I really like what he had to say. The the one critique that I would I would say is or that I have for him is really in line with the the propaganda and the way that people are sort of controlled and force fed this diet. I mean, it's not that they they want these things, that they want to have their lives controlled and dominated by the state. It's that they've they've been fooled into whitewashing the fence by Huck Finn. You know, they're they're like, this is good for you. And they have actually bought into the propaganda at some level. I agree you with know, you. I, I, to an I can't remember what Roman emperor it was, but he went into a, I think it was a grove and uh, he was going to be executed by, you know, whatever his political upstarts were that were uh, against him. And his slave stepped in and some somehow or another took the poison for the emperor and the emperor was able to steal off and become a monk in a monastery or something like that. I know I've got the story wrong, but I have the gist of it. Um, you could at least stick a couple of stories together and you've got my story. <laughs> Where you'd expect the slaves to not do that. It's... Right. You would think that this this slave, this person that has been owned and, and beaten, I mean, this was the yeah. this was the proper way to take care of slaves was to beat them in order to, uh, to uh, you know, get them to think right. And it, all the way up to the the 18th century um 17 19th century um here in the united states that was just the the policy you beat them and this guy who probably wore many beatings by his master stepped up and took the mm. poison for this guy died it's just you know stockholm syndrome it's crazy uh, so, so I, th- I think that you know you're partially right, Sam. That mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, people certainly have been brainwashed. They have been trained to to be this way. But on the other hand, I wouldn't just say that every human being wants to be free. Maybe they don't. Maybe some like the the faith, the feeling of security. And maybe maybe it has been bred in by indoctrination and things like that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it is something that just has come over generations of people being indoctrinated and or slaves or whatever, and that they like the idea of having someone tell them what to do. I think those people exist. But do you think that if you could take show people here's society today uh with all the controls and the the atrocities that are being uh perpetrated by governments around the world and you show them here's what a free society could look like where you know war is almost non-existent because it's so unprofitable because it destroys so much and you show them here's how the free market could evolve and create all of these products and services and things and give them a picture of Here's what society could be like, or if you could take them to the future and show this to them, do you really think they would, oh, yeah, I, I want to be controlled and, and enslaved? If you could if you could take them to the future and like they could be absolutely sure that it would be that way, then I could, I could see that be persuasive. Otherwise, they're just going to come up with excuses yeah, I, that are based I, in fear. Fear and ignorance. Right. So more coming up here with your thoughts. Uh, welcome on this topic or anything you want. 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves. Bring up whatever you want. I certainly share Alan's, uh, a lot of his concerns. I certainly shared them more streng- uh, strenuously in the past when I wasn't in New Hampshire. More coming up. Free Talk Live. 
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Moments remain. Enough time maybe for your thoughts, your call, if you make it now. And don't forget, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. If you enjoy the program and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. Uh, just head on over to promote.freetalklive.com and get a whole list of things that you can do to help Free Talk Live get on more radio stations around the country, bring more internet listeners on board, and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to promote.freetalklive.com to do that. It's all, almost all of it is free, unless like you're talking about printing out flyers. It's just minor cost involved there. Uh, but go to promote.freetalklive.com, get some ideas. All right, to the phones and the fun. Let's talk to Joel in Alabama, listening to WBHP. Joel, you're on Free Talk Live, listening in Huntsville. Hello there. Hello, hey guys. Hey. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. What's on your mind tonight, Joel? I just I was just driving home, spent a little time with my family, and caught a little bit over the radio. And just curious, would you guys consider yourselves to be evolutionist, or is that is that what you hold to as far as uh, a, a worldview is evolution? Would that be correct? I think that uh, evolution is a nice idea, and I think that uh, we're all evolving personally in our own lives as well. So uh, I, I intend to evolve uh, myself. So I would agree, uh, Sam. Yeah, I think absolutely evolutionist. Uh, the the Freekeen website that we are bloggers at, uh, several of us, and and the people that have moved here to Keen, the the moniker for that is peaceful evolution, and it's really about realizing that aggressing against our neighbors is not the optimal solution in order to provide services. I mean, you just cannot provide services at the barrel of a gun or under the threat of uh, of force. I don't think evolution really can be anything but peaceful personally. Yeah. Um, I think that violence I actually I think the gentleman's talking about evolution you. versus creationism. Well, I don't know. What were you talking about, Joel? Well, no, that, I mean, you're answering my question. I, and then I guess I would further, you know, I just I would wonder then what would exactly or how would you just summarize then what evolution would be? How would you summarize that? Well, I mean, are you talking about a personal evolution or are you talking about evolution of a species? Because uh, I think there's I think more it's a little different. I, well, I guess more particularly of, of a species. I mean, would you hold evolution as a, you know, a Bible? theory as far as how no i think it's just a theory i mean i think it's a theory that's backed up by some evidence uh out there i don't know if it's a most of the evidence i'd say i don't know if it's entirely complete and Um, i don't think that it's exclusive of there being a god i think that god could have decided that uh to create evolution right to you know to to create uh, life as it exists and on this planet this tiny little planet in the midst of a gigantic universe in the midst of a multiverse um i think that you know you could still have evolution and still have a god yeah they're not exclusive i don't think that ideas i don't think that faith and the you know the, and science are necessarily exclusive in that area, but I would say I guess the shortest answer for evolution is evolution is the survival of the fittest. 
Okay, and I guess, and that's really what I was going to really just try to understand because I also, you know, had caught enough the conversation about homosexuality and evolution in itself would teach that if you have if you have survival of the fittest, natural selection, that where where two men, let's say like Elton John and his partner, have a child, but that child really is only available through a surrogate mother, that evolution itself would stand against you know, homosexuality if the natural selection and the survival of the fittest by being able to reproduce something that's better or maybe more advanced. Yeah, but maybe you're not looking at the whole picture. I mean, maybe there are really specific things that uh, gay people are particularly useful for, like hairstyling, um, you know, or, or costume design or, you know, something like that. They propagate that, the species yeah. in different ways. That, uh, that, so that, that essentially that no matter how many generations there are, there continue to be the, uh, the, the I guess, the, the existence of homosexuality but as the contrary, a natural state. The contrary point to that would be that uh, those that propagate and breed would be the good humans, right? So if, if, the, uh, if the gay people who aren't propagating and breeding properly are the bad humans, and I guess you throw in priests and uh, what do they call them? dinks dual dual income no kids Mm -hmm. um you know white people that are professionals you got to toss them in that group but in fact the beer swilling trailer park living wife beating uh those folks those are the good humans because they're breeding at a a higher rate right no 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 i I was just curious how you would reconcile evolution and homosexuality, since homosexuality. I don't rec- reconcile it at I, all. I went and got a, a vasectomy. I don't feel like it's time for me to slit my throat. I think there's more to evolution than just the survival of the fittest and the the propagation you know, of species. passing on genes. Yeah, exactly. I think there's a a sort of conscious aspect or spiritual aspect to it. And evolution is also about coming to greater understandings about us, about uh, who we are, what we're capable of. That's that personal evolution. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that that plays a really key role as well. And having the contrast out there um, to allow you to make choices and, and to look at yourself and to analyze yourself and how you feel and, and whether it's appropriate or not is, uh, is important. And so having, you know, things that are different is, uh, is useful to that purpose. Right. Okay, I just I appreciate. I just wanted to. I was just going to see how you guys would reconcile that. I really didn't know if you were evolutionist or not. Just listening, I just I just caught a little bit. But yeah, I, I don't know if I'm that. an evolutionist either. I mean, I, I'm not uh, entirely familiar with the I've scientific seen fossils. I'm not, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not entirely, a, you know, I'm not a scientist. I haven't uh, studied extensively Charles Darwin and his theory or anything like that. I, I haven't done, you know, dug deeply into that. I just find it, an, you know, a, a plausible idea. I think it's backed up by some uh, some evidence, the scientific theory of it. And I firmly believe in the evolution of a human being just in a, in that individual chunk of time, the hundred years that uh, that we have here. Hopefully we'll have longer by the time we get there. But uh, that uh, I've seen myself evolve and I've seen myself change and uh, become more. Uh, more allowing towards others and uh, rejecting toward violence and and move along this path that I'm not the same person I was ten years ago, you know. And that's that's I consider that to be my personal uh, evolution. And, and I think there's uh, in the fossil record there are also these massive leaps that uh, species and 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 diversity has taken over time. So while yes, survival of the fittest and passing on genes and so forth is an important part of evolution and and certainly plays a role, I think there's something else out there that sort of uh, skips over that and and makes makes these giant leaps that science has not yet explained. Anything else you want to share tonight? 
No, I just that was good enough, man. I Thanks, Joel. I appreciate the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Yeah, I, I'm like you. I mean, I don't recognize, uh, uh, I think it was you, Mark, that said this, but I don't recon- try to reconcile what exists with what uh, I think the theory of evolution should be or what it's supposed to mean or something like that. Right. Just- I've got some problems with the whole idea that uh, we were entirely, you know, uh, you know, risen up from single-celled organisms. I've, I, but the thing is, is I... You know, when I look at uh, I look at sort of the scientific scientists and what do they think by looking at the world, and then I look at uh, you know what sort of uh, preachers and what of what are they supposing and the stories that the scientists are telling to me are better stories. You know that the idea that yeah, uh, yeah I mean you, we can show a lineage of different uh, skulls that they found in different places. I think that's something that shouldn't be just discounted. I have a difficult uh, time imagining exactly how you know one uh, missing link. Leads to another missing link. I I don't know that stuff. I'm just you know kind of I, I kind of believe what I'm told. There's a very interesting experiment where they took some salamander eggs, shot a laser through it, and then into some frog eggs. When the frogs hatched, they had features of the salamander. So there's no cross pollination of DNA going on there. But what that's suggesting is that maybe energy is carrying the DNA. And so that may be where some of these evolutionary leaps are taking place. Then science can't That explain. science hasn't explained yet. And if you believe the Bible is sort of a literal document, you really have to believe in hyper-evolution. Because the world as we know it has only existed for 4,000 years. According to the Bible. As, according mm-hmm. to the Bible. Um, you know, Noah's flood was 4,000 years ago, and he had 2,000 years of Earth before that or whatever. So you would have to believe in some kind of evolution at that point. Let's bring Dennis on here, uh, also listening to WBHP in Huntsville. Hello, Dennis. Hey, how are you doing? It's on your mind. Yeah, on that uh, homo, homosexual stuff right there now, starting off with I'm an Indian, all right, and when it comes to persecution, I'm Mohawk, that's my people. Believe me, I know all about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. Being treated sometimes like I'm subhuman or inferior like most of the rest of us do. But I'm an open-minded person myself, and I lived in Florida for 20 years, and one of you, one or more of you guys said you lived in Florida. Yep. And so when it comes to knowing gays down there, I knew plenty of them. And they were great, great friends to me, very, very good friends. And the, the, we Indians, a lot of us, will believe in past lives. And I'm one that I kind of believe in reincarnation, too, on that, that we just keep coming back till we get it right, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. And it's I'm kind a, of fun. It's a about, fun idea. you got about 20 seconds. Go, go for it. Okay, hold on. I have this shirt. What if sometimes our spirit comes back in the wrong body for what we were meant for. What do you think about that? Very possible. Hmm. I don't know. Something to think about further, but we don't have time for it right now. Thanks, Dennis, for the call tonight. Appreciate it. It has been Ian here. And Sam, I am. And Mark. We'll return tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime. If you're listening in Indy, you can call tonight and hear yourself in the morning after 7. See ya. The following edition of the Edgington Post interview series is brought to you by the Free Talk Live AMP program. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier today for as little as 3 bucks a month. Get perks and help us get on more radio stations and more internet connections at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. And here's Mark. All right. Another edition of the Edgington Post. And I have with me comedian Aaron David Ward. Uh, Aaron, is that what you want me to call you? Yeah, you can use any name you want as long as I guess they're FCC acceptable these days, right? Well, you know, honestly, this is uh, this is recorded for the podcast, so we could actually say anything we want. Generally, I don't use those uh, terms, <laughs> but 
hey, you know, <laughs> it's it's whatever we want to do here. Cool, cool. Yeah, I know it sounds pretentious, right? Uh, three names, but it's one comic, you know. Uh, everybody uh, who ever became famous apparently had three names, and so uh, I decided, yeah, let's uh, stick with three of them. You know, it, it it makes you it makes you stick out of my mind. I think that comic with three names. I don't always remember what they all are, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember libertarian comic three names. That's that's what I've got on my mind. So there you go. That's all you need to know, really. So uh, usually when you call in, I mean, you've got a couple of dates, but it's not like, uh, and we'll discuss those at the end, maybe. If you've got anything coming up that uh, people might be able to catch at, but um, you know, usually we just talk about things that are going on in, in the news. <laughs> and, wow, you know, um, one of the things that comes to mind here, I've got, uh, I, I saw earlier today a video of a, of a TV reporter who, I guess she was covering a police officer who's in his own personal vehicle or a, an unmarked vehicle or something like that. And they were, her and a cameraman were following him. And I guess he called in to the, uh, uh, police department to that there's a suspicious vehicle tailing in him and uh, they pulled her over and it took apparently nine police officers nine cruisers i don't know how many police officers were in the cruisers to pull this this lady over 115 pound news news reporter and uh guns drawn uh you know tasers out guns drawn the whole deal on a couple of uh you know folks with a camera and, you know, funny thing, it turns out that there wasn't a single bit of footage from the, uh, the, the cruiser's dash cams. Every one of the nine cruisers had a malfunction in their dash cam. Can you believe it? It's amazing, Mark. You know, being a sort of a, a scientifically minded comic, you know, I've looked into this. And apparently the more cruisers that you have on the scene... Uh, the more electromagnetic interference you get, apparently. So, uh, ah. you know, add a couple of more cameras in there, nobody would have had power in the entire area, including <laughs> the cameraman who was there filming it for the news crew. It's like an EMP. It's like an EMP. Uh, exactly. Exactly. Everything goes exactly. out. Exactly. Apparently, the camera is the new weapon of mass destruction in 21st century America. You know, they, they're, certainly the cops act like it. And, you know, you, you really got to wonder what uh, you know, they always say. If you've got nothing to worry about, then why can't I check your pockets or whatever it is? And one really has to wonder if they've got nothing to worry about. Why do they care about cameras so much? Well, that's just it, you know, and, and apparently I don't know what they're worried about, because I'm, I've, I've been told and I've looked into this, that if you actually point a camera at a police officer, apparently, it's sort of like a vampire. It never shows up on film. I hear it steals their soul. Uh, I, I've heard that, too. I've heard <laughs> that, too. They go into some sort of fifth-dimension uh, vortex, apparently. So uh, uh, it doesn't surprise me. They've been uh, more and more overzealous. But this is what happens when you get guys coming home from combat that were part of National Guard brigades who were yeah. serving overseas in combat missions. Now they're brought home to go back to their regular job as police officers, and that adjustment is like suddenly you're not in a war zone now. Yeah, it's, it, it, is, it can be very, very tough on these guys, and I feel terrible for the, uh, the vets that come home. They have this PTSD and that kind of thing, but uh, you know, so many of them, uh, you know, they, they recruit f from guys that are over there currently. They recruit from current soldiers. Then they have the, the, like you say, the National Guard guys, and a lot of them are National Guard. And you just what you end up with is uh, essentially a war on America's civil liberties. Uh, exa that's exactly what's happening, and it's getting worse and worse every day. I mean, the, between the uh, surveillance 
state that's been set up, and of course the TSA problem at the airports. But you know, I figured it out. When you go to the airport now and you get uh, molested, I mean checked, um, what what happens? I know what the the TSA agents uh, are looking for. I figured it out. It's the worst threat the United States has ever known. Their checking mark. For bed bugs, <laughs> you know, no, they, bed bugs are, are are sweeping across the nation. I mean, exactly. it's it a the very worst real problem. Threat known to the United States in 21st century America. It is the worst. Uh, they're checking for bed bugs. So if you don't want to get pulled out of line and full body scanned and patted down in places that you know only your significant other should be patting you down in, if you don't want that to happen, here's my suggestion: spray yourself down with cutter. <laughs> and then go through the line not one molestation not one hand will touch you you know the tsa agents have been complaining about uh you know for one getting called pervert and things like that but another thing they're complaining about is having to touch obese people and people with uh, hygiene issues and you know what i can totally sympathize with them i mean what an awful experience that's got to be you know the fat guy that hasn't taken a shower in two weeks that's got to be a rough job that's right. When I fly, I stuff my pants with ring dings, ho-hos, and Twinkies. <laughs> they don't know what they're touching. <laughs> you know, I was hoping. I just I just flew back from Florida a couple of days ago, and I was hoping that they'd uh, give me a good grope. And nothing. Nothing. I didn't have to go through the, uh, the, 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 the zapper scanner thing. Uh, they just put me through a regular old metal detector. Nobody, nobody touched my junk. Nothing. I'm telling you, it's really disappointing. You know, if you're really going to battle the surveillance state, the best thing to do, I, apparently, is to embrace it in all its absurdity and make yeah. it as absurd as you possibly can so that the people who are actually doing this, who don't realize that they've been suckered into violating other people's personal liberties, maybe they'll finally realize how ridiculous all of this truly is. You know, if every time um, a TSA agent uh, patted a guy down, he grabbed him in the crotch, he just said, impressive then you know there the, half of the nation wouldn't have anything to complain about you know you know what i think what would would, would end this promptly is as every time a tsa agent went to check your junk that you just and presumably it would be a guy touching a guy you just looked down and said to him sir you're a powerful and handsome man <laughs> maybe maybe then just maybe then it might stop i don't know i so. i like the idea i love the idea Aaron. <laughs> so so um the united states government has been rocked to its core by um by well apparently um wikileaks uh, you know leaking some of their documents telling how their uh, diplomats are calling other diplomats dumb or whatever it is they're doing. What, uh, what do you think about that? Well, I think, you know, finally somebody's doing the job of the fourth estate. I mean, I used to be a print and broadcast journalist until I realized I got out of the game because of the crappy pay and the crappy hours. But I also got out for another reason that didn't dawn on me until after I was out was that I really was nothing more than a, uh, a flack for all these government agencies. Nobody was doing any investigative journalism. You know, finally, it takes a, a, a website like WikiLeaks to actually do the job that the fourth estate's supposed to be doing. And actually, when you start reading that stuff, you're like, wow, I really do feel like I'm in the matrix, you know? And I really do feel like I took the pill that finally opened my eyes. Like, this really is pulling uh, the curtain back to realize that, you know what, the wizard is just a tiny little guy with a big microphone and not much more than that. So, uh, to, to, to me, it's like... Uh, Finally, it's like a uh, one of those TV specials where they show you how the magic trick is done. 
it's it's wonderful. <laughs> now, poor Julian apparently uh, couldn't keep it in his pants and managed to uh, sully the whole reputation of WikiLeaks by uh, getting it on with two chicks in Sweden in uh, in one week. And you know, it's it's hard for the average guy, who, the average married guy, to blame Julian Assange who's single. But man, what a disaster! Well, I'll tell you, uh, God, if that's the worst thing that he, he could do, and of course they've trumped up all these charges, you know, that because, it, in fact, one of the women is on record as saying that she took a photograph of him as a trophy. So, <laughs> right. I mean, how, how bad could the encounter have been? Well, apparently the, the one gal <laughs> the one gal didn't feel like she had been raped until after he found out that he had sex with the other gal. So she, she's not really raped. She's scorned. It's a woman scorned issue. <laughs> exactly. And if you're online these days, scorn, apparently you can traffic in very easily. Yep. Yep. Speaking of which, uh, you know, it looks like they're uh, they're trying to pass uh, a law that uh, says that you can't bully people. on. You can't say mean things to people online. Yeah, well, you know, that's, that's the final straw that will break the camel's back because now everybody is already going to have to police themselves. I don't like this, I don't like that, but I've got to couch it in, in, in nice terms. Nobody will be able to say anything to anybody anymore. Apparently, we're all going to be reduced to communicating in a series of grunts. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know what, you know what's going to happen? Eventually, they will outlaw language, at least the written word anyway. That's, that's what will ultimately happen. They will outlaw all written words and eventually will be communicating in pictures. And then we'll realize how advanced the Chinese really are. <laughs> you, know, you better not show a picture of a fat lady to some woman, though. That, that would be some kind of, uh, that'd be, you know, that'd be insulting. That would be insulting, but I'm thinking that pictures might do well at TSA checkpoints at the airport. Just show up with a picture of a guy with his pants down around his ankles and point to the picture and go, mm, you do, you do. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that if you, if you show up doing that and you're wearing a foil hat, they will let you breathe right through. <laughs> it better not be a koofy cap, then you're in big trouble. Yeah, then you're in trouble. Or one of those one with the whirly gigs on. Just actually, in fact, that might work too. Just walk through the line with whirly gigs on, saying, "I'm here for the mothership." Can you point me to the, where the mothership is? What you need is a sombrero and a kilt. Ah, there you go. Nobody's going to check into well. the kilt. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and if you're wearing a sombrero, you're like, "Hey, uh, they're not even sure you're legal or illegal at that point." <laughs> And since, you're, and since we do everything we can to accommodate the illegals, hey, you know, you, you, you breeze right on the plane. There's, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing, you know, even, even the Mexicans don't wear sombreros anymore. So there's really nothing to say to a guy in a sombrero. Exactly. Nice hat, exactly. pal. Just, just go yeah, on through. Exactly. Like, what are you, early for a, uh, you know, the 5th of May celebration? <laughs> uh, apparently just wandered in from the Cinco de Mayo celebration out of the airport pub. So, <laughs> so uh, where where are you appearing these days, uh, Aaron David Ward? Well, I'll tell you, this has been my most uh, successful year in stand-up. Um, I've really had a great 2010, and 2011 is shaping up quite nice. I've been on a independently produced tour throughout the uh, Northeast. So mm -hmm. we've hit places like uh, all throughout upstate New York, um, uh, also Vermont, Massachusetts, Connecticut. Uh, in uh, 2011, we're headed back over to uh, Vermont and other parts of upstate, also uh, Connecticut, New Jersey as well. Uh, we're going to be doing a theater. Um, if you want to find out where I'll be, uh, you can go right to my website, which is AaronDavidWard.com. It's A-A-R-O-N-D-A-V-I-D-W-A-R-D.com. 
uh, and that'll give you my whole schedule for uh, 2011 thus far. And I'll be adding dates, you know, in the coming months as well. So can people uh, get updates through like Facebook or something like that? I mean, that, yeah, uh... I'm on Facebook as well. Uh, it's it's facebook.com slash Aaron David Ward. Uh, I'm also on Twitter as well. Um, I usually post uh well, on my website, AaronDavidWard.com, I do a blog every day of um, uh, basically my take on current events, and then I also will tweet some of those as well. And uh, so they can uh, stay in touch. I'm on all the social networks, so check me out there, uh, both Facebook and Twitter. Very good. MySpace, unfor- MySpace, unfortunately, has become like a ghetto. I don't yeah. know what happened to MySpace. It's like if you want a, ghost town. Uh, apparently an indie rock T-shirt or uh, an encounter with a transsexual prostitute, apparently MySpace is your place. But huh. Maybe I better reactivate my account. <laughs> better get on that right away. <laughs> no doubt. Well, I enjoyed your, uh, your show at uh, Porkfest. It was uh, the year before last. I can't remember when it was, but you were at Porkfest, and it was a great show. And, oh, thank uh, you. If you're coming, if 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 you're coming through somebody's town, I recommend they uh, they get a chance to 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 check it out. It's uh, it, it it's it's very entertaining. Well, I appreciate it, Mark. It's always fun talking with you and uh, talking about the ridiculousness of uh, uh, statism, uh, circa uh, 2010, almost 2011. Here these days, I uh, I asked Santa for an underground bunker, and he he, he didn't bring it yet. So may- maybe he's been stopped uh, at the airport as well. <laughs> right. <laughs> Santa's going to shake down for the uh, the TSA is shaking shaking down his sleigh. It takes a long time to go through all those bags. Oh, my God. I'm telling you. And the reindeer, they're getting their junk touched, too. So, uh, I mean, that takes forever. they got to bring in a veterinarian, make sure it's all kosher, you know. Indeed. <laughs> I hear Rudolph likes that stuff, though. Uh, uh, really? Jeez, who knew? Well, he's got a red <laughs> nose. That might have given it away. What a perv. <laughs> so it's AaronDavidWard.com and uh, Facebook.com slash AaronDavidWard. Yes, that is it. That's how you can get a hold of me. Thanks for the interview, sir. Hey, thank you, Mark. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535 double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today. Cruise.freetalklive.com.